0: Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode three one two. I hesitate because i wonder not sure if i was going to say three twelve or three one two, but we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go with the digits. Numbers
1: are stupid. Never forget.
0: Yes, yes. I am Peter. I'm joined as always by Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor is not back <laughs> as of yet, but he will be back. He is. He will make his glorious Who's... return. Who's Connor? Uh, that's a good. <laughs> Very good. That's a nice callback. Um. So, uh, and if you're a patron who makes Connor read something, have no fear. Uh, if he can't make it on next week's episode, he's going to actually just record his Patreon book separately with me, and I'll edit it in to make sure he's not falling behind on them. So,
1: Oh, shit. That might just be the thing to go forward, so I don't have to sit here and listen to him.
0: <laughs> it's, it's only if there's a, you know, it's, it's a big gap of episodes. Yeah, I know.
1: I just you you make it like when you're talking Animal Man you make it engaging right like <laughs> I listen and it might just be because it's Grant Morrison right or or an American Vampire I've already read so although we're getting to the point in American Vampire that I'm uh, I fell off on um when, when we start getting to uh, second cycle uh,
0: so, I mean well, I could look at I'd this yeah. as uh, some weird uh, compliments to me. And I'm better at doing it than Connor. Or I could I could read this as just casual shade in Connor's direction.
1: Well, uh, it's a little both because it's also the books people make Connor reader books that I don't care about. <laughs> like
0: that's, deep yeah, down, that's fair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> deep down I do care about um I do care about Animal Man. Uh, eventually I'll get around to reading it. <laughs> but um like the one book of his that I do want to read was when he was doing that uh, the the Soul and Snyder book, uh, Undiscovered Country. Mm. And I would just have to tune it out because I I do have the first trade that I need to get through, but yeah, making him read Harley Quinn and stuff I just tune out, you know, makes the show go longer.
0: Uh, well, so, maybe he'll be more interested when he's been forced to read the Rosmo Tim Drake book when that comes.
1: But, you know, and that might be the best of both worlds because I'll get to hear what's happening with Tim Drake, but I don't have to deal with the Rosmo art. <laughs> so, Connor's jumping on that grenade.
0: <laughs> um. I mean, I don't know if they do comic books for the blind, but it's the sort of one where maybe you'd buy that edition.
1: (laughs) Oh,
0: man. Uh, Maybe just like an audio of someone reading the dialogue and the the narration boxes for you. I don't know. Yeah,
1: Uh, it's it's an audiobook graphic novel.
0: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, this is a DC Comics podcast. We get together every week and we talk about the DC Comics we read. Coming up on this week's show i can find my tab here is uh, we're talking about detective comics 1061 action comics 1044 robin issue 15 the swamp thing issue 14 task force Z issue 9 dc versus vampires killers issue 1 and finally batman catwoman issue 12 the the final issue of that series is upon us so uh that is what we'll be discussing this week um I was thinking of doing a Patreon book, but I've got—I've actually got less books next week, so I'll just do them both next week. Hmm. Uh, make life easy. Uh, so that is what's coming up on the show, and uh, yeah, not really any news this week either, uh, mm-hmm. bizarrely enough. But don't worry, Matt. <clears throat> There's always time for <laughs> comicology top ten. <laughs>
1: Poof! That was that was a painful, <laughs> painful drawn out.
0: I'll make it a thing. All right, so this is, um, <laughs> the, the top ten currently on Comicsology, yeah. uh, which is now obviously part of Amazon, but it's the same same deal. Uh, so we're we're looking at top ten, and uh, I should also I, I never really mention this anymore, but I should probably also point out that I intentionally because you can select which publishers it includes. I always. <laughs> get rid of all the ones that I don't really recognize just to get rid of like any of like the anime or sorry, the, anime, the manga and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just the comic book publishers that we'd expect to see. Uh, so with that said, um, any guesses as to what uh, number one is, Matt?
1: I'm going to guess that it is an X-Men book. It is. Yeah, I'm going to say, but now I have a choice between which one because there's two. I'm going to say it's X-Men Red number four. It
0: is X-Men Red number Boom. four. Yeah, it's very good. So very, very good. Uh, and then, of course, number two is somewhat surprising, but it's kind of a special milestone issue, I suppose. And that is issue 50 of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, wow. Yeah, Boom's... I think it's Boom, anyway. Uh, their Sonic series is at issue 50. So it's a special oversized issue, uh, an $8 edition um yeah so good for them i guess mm-hmm yeah. uh so very nice uh and then you have number three is the first dc book in the list and it's actually batman catwoman issue 12 uh oh, so that's kind of surprising yeah it's interesting uh so very nice i guess uh number four is batman beyond the white knight uh yeah. another dc book Number five is Tooth, uh, which is issue four or five. So that's a miniseries. Uh, that's quite high for issue four of a miniseries. That
1: yeah, I've... I'm seeing if something big happened in it, if that's why.
0: I, I don't uh, recognize the, the writer, uh, Victor Laval. Laval,
1: yeah. yeah. Not familiar with with Leonard Kirk on pencils, so. I always go down and read the reviews. Uh, someone says it's the best, best book.
0: The X-Office is pretty out, so I don't know. Huh. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, good, good. Good for Saber, too, yes. Uh, yeah, I won't judge. Uh, number six is X-Force, issue 29. Uh, number seven is Action Comics, 1044. Number eight All is right. Avengers, issue 57. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine is The Variants, issue one. Uh, this is a, a five-issue mini. Uh, it's a Jessica Jones book, it looks of it. Uh, Ooh. Uh, there's like multiple versions of her uh, on the cover, hence the the variants. That's uh, yeah, Gail done. Simone by the way?
1: It is in uh, Phil Noto on yeah. art, so it's got to look pretty. I, I might have to track this down. Mm. I do like Gail. She's a bear, you know.
0: I've heard. I've heard that. I've heard she's a yeah. bear. Yeah. Uh, and then number ten is Detective Comics one thousand sixty one. Uh, so. I mean, 4 out of 10 ain't too bad. So there's five Marvel books for DC, and then uh, Sonic uh, is that 10th book. I'm
1: I'm glad Action's up there. I mean, Batman Catwoman's a final, so that makes sense why it's up there. But Action Tech, Beyond the White Knight's a mini.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's just a case of people probably just are buying it to complete the set, even if they're Mm -hmm. not in love with it anymore. Uh... I'd say physically it's probably got a lot of nice variants, but that doesn't apply to the digital version, so let's see. Uh you know, that's what it is. Uh, just looking at a head down the uh, the rest of the, the list to see where the rest of the DC books fall. Uh the DC vs Vampires spin-off issue one is at number fourteen. Fifteen is Robin fifteen, uh Batman Fortress is then at sixteen, Task Force Z at eighteen. So they're all kind of bunched up in the, the team by good. and large. Uh, But it's not a super busy week. The sad thing here, though, is that I'm not seeing Swamp Thing anywhere particularly high uh, on this. In fact, I'm not even seeing it on the first page, uh, which means it's it's past 30. Yeah, it's uh, number 34. That's really sad. I mean, the good news is we're getting the ending of it now, no matter what, but uh, quite frankly, that is one of the top three books that DC are putting out right now. Um, Yeah. So it should be better respected uh, and be I mean, selling and th- better. And
1: this issue is basically a, a Green Lantern issue as well, so people should have bought it.
0: it was, yeah, it was kind of know. was. That said, though, if you, so, even if you're going to buy it as a Green Lantern fan, it wouldn't make much sense if you hadn't read the rest of it.
1: True, but I'm just saying you know, this, this is the issue, I think. But, um... Yeah, that, that would be nice. I mean, we are getting the ending of it, so maybe people are just going to trade
0: weight. Maybe, yeah, maybe it, it probably will do quite well in time mm-hmm. over over time and trade. Um, and uh, I'm just I'm just noticing that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue 130 came out this week, and that just feels wild because uh, you know, I remember that starting just that it was because it was like a month or two after New 52 started that series mm-hmm. started, and I've read up to about issue 54 or something like that, that. So now there's actually more of it that I have not read than I have, despite the fact that I've read <laughs> 50 plus issues, and that's kind of wild.
1: Yeah. Was that the one where there's the death of one of the major, one of the four?
0: Eventually, there was, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if that was the. Uh... I, I
0: assume that was around oh. issue 100, maybe or something. I believe so. Yeah, something in that range. Uh, but uh, yeah. So it was a good series, of what what I read of it, and I I, I do kind of intend at some point in going back and and reading a lot more of it. I mean, I don't know how it fares now because you know they did eventually change the teams on it, but mm-hmm. up until. Where I read it, it was pretty much the same people who are were writing the book. Uh, so very curious. It was an interesting book as well because it was you know some of the, it was you know Eastman was one of the people on it and he was one of the original creators. And I think it's interesting to me that it it did kind of read in this weird way where obviously part part of you thinks oh the original creator is going to come in and kind of try and make it more like the original comic and kind of reject a lot of what it you know the the cartoon added what maybe the original mm-hmm. movies added. But it didn't, like, it actually kind of embraced it and mixed it all up together. It kind of felt yeah. like, you know, he was quite proud of all the other things that it became, and, you know. It,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it seems like Eastman's kind of dialed into what the Turtles have become. Yeah. So, but that's sh- pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I know that you want to take from every version that's been adapted to the no. Turtles, but, you know, but it's not like the popular stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always funny to me that the Turtles started off as a parody of Daredevil. You know? Yeah. You made know, the foot instead of the hand, and it was kind of gritty, and then the cartoon got a hold of it and kind of became the pop culture version that we're all familiar with. So it's pretty cool when they can pull from all of them. And 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 then you have something like the Last Ronin, which is like a the end story. The And,
0: and what's funny and is that it may be a little debatable now with the the you know Daredevil having a TV show, uh. But even now, I would say it still swings the other way. But certainly up until then. Turtles Mm -hmm. were by far a bigger, well-known pop culture thing than Daredevil was.
1: Yeah. No. 100%.
0: Like, because you made that foot and hand comparison, right, with the the ninja gang. And I'm like, yeah, everyone knew who the foot was when I was growing up. No one knew who the hand was.
1: (laughs) Well, no. And, you know, it helps that we have the cartoon and then the movie and all the toys. Yeah. that, That was my first big obsession when I was growing up. It was Ninja Turtles and then it was Power Rangers you know, uh, and then the toys usually helps out along, But yeah, man, who didn't have a couple Foot Clan action figures?
0: You know? I don't know if I had any Foot Clan. I definitely had Ninja Turtles, but I don't know if I had Foot Clan.
1: You know, you always get that one family member that doesn't know what to get the kid for the birthday, so they just go buy whatever's left, and mm. it's usually Foot. That's how I ended up with two or three of them. <laughs> but even as a kid, my brain was like, oh, well, that's fine, because you never wanted copies, because you're trying to collect them. But with Foot Clan soldiers, or the robots in the cartoon, whatever they were... um. You know, you can have a couple. It's like having extra putties with Power Rangers. Oh yeah,
0: it makes sense for the fate. She might have a little yeah. team of them to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so makes sense.
1: But you know, but there was that, and just you know, the fact that Electra used a psi, and that was one of the weapons. they of Raphael. You know, there was just a lot of these things that became bigger pop culture than Daredevil. But you know, the reason it ended up in Ninja Turtles is because of the Frank Miller Daredevil run. You know, it's just it's very funny how that how that goes. <clears throat> Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's you know, some things just kind of get created that way. Like, what most people probably don't even think about this now, but like, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, was literally created because it was like, okay, we want to have our Mario, but we have to make mm-hmm. it different from Mario. So what is Mario? He's slow. Okay, our characters fast. Uh, you know, Mario's mm-hmm. a human. Okay, our 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 characters a, an animal. Um, you know, Mario's like a plumber and whatever. So we're gonna have a cool character. You know, like. Everything about him, like, his shoes were based on the Michael Jackson shoes, which were popular at the mm. time. Like, everything about him was kind of, like, you know, committee researched and made. Yeah. And for uh, it's, it's almost funny that, you know, it was successful as it was, because I feel like anything that cynical almost never works these days anymore, but I guess it was just enough at the time that uh, I was like, okay, this kind of works. And... I don't know if technically... It may have been a bit too early for this, but there's definitely a little bit of Bart Simpson in that original Sonic design.
1: Yeah. With the... the Yeah. the kind of attitude with them,
0: too. Yeah, But, you know, Simpsons obviously started in 89. I don't know if that's a little bit too late for it to influence mm-hmm. Sonic.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I've actually played the original Sonic game. I've definitely played Sonic 2 with Tails. Sonic 2 was was, was better.
0: So, Sonic 2 is yeah. the best one.
1: Uh, so... Uh, and then you had Knuckles... Uh, introduction. That guy was fun, but, but yeah, no. And it's and it's funny. It seems like Sonic right now has the, the, the pop culture ring, if you will. It's uh, so it's so,
0: it is so weird how successful those movies have become.
1: Hey, I'm glad man. my my nieces love them, and I don't think they've even ever played Sonic.
0: Because from a They're... from a video game perspective, Mario won the war. Like you know, Sega yeah. stopped making consoles, and now you get Sonic games on Nintendo consoles. Which is you mm-hmm. know, if you if you go back to 1992 and like tell is wild video game people that did lose their minds um but you know like sonic games are very hit and miss modern sonic games there's a couple mm-hmm. of decent ones but by and large a lot of them suck uh whereas i'm not a big mario guy but by and large when mario games come out the the fan base that likes them seems to you know praise them to the high heavens so
1: yeah man the one the one on wii is a lot of fun that's the last one i played um but you know that's because my wife loves yoshi i do know and and in the old Super Mario World, you could bring Yoshi from from level to level. The new game doesn't let you do that. She got so mad, <laughs> so so mad, you know. But yeah,
0: are you talking about the two D one or the Galaxy?
1: No, the two D one, the one, one that's a side scroll, that's more traditional. Um, that one is fine. But yeah, no Sonic, yeah Sonic. Right now, I mean, issue fifty, uh, eh, is, is pretty pretty telling. It's weird we've never had Mario comics. Like we had that Mario cartoon back in the '80s with Captain Lou, and yeah. then the, the,
0: the Bob Hoskin movies. I think but, Nintendo felt so hurt by how bad all the adaptations were that they're they're very precious now about giving their things out. You know, yeah. it's a big deal they're making an animated movie that they're, yeah. I think, heavily involved in.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I wonder if it's just that they just don't want to give it to like a you know some comic publisher to potentially butcher. Yeah. True. For like, but the thing, I don't know. Maybe. For all we you know, maybe there's Mario comics in Japan. Maybe, maybe would,
1: it wouldn't surprise me. Um. There's comics for everything. Um, they also have a, a theme park land. Sonic doesn't have a land. You know, Universal Yet. Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Universal Japan opened their Mario land. They're opening one here at Universal Hollywood. You know, and it looks like you're right in one of the levels of the game. They did a real good job. Um, but, you know, they have the Mario Kart ride, you know, so... They're doing good things, too. It's not just about the movies. But, yeah. ooh we Almost pulled a muscle just sitting here. That's from, uh, waiting up early to go play football. <laughs> sitting.
0: You know what say what that, I, I think the, the yeah. actors, you're just getting old. If you're pulling muscles when you're sitting down. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it, it is, but, you know, uh going out and playing at my age does take some. And, uh, they tried to strip the ball for me, and it carried my brother-in-law about five, six yards. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta go for the flag, man. As I told him, I'll stop, but until I hear the whistle, I'm gonna keep going. But yeah, I just tried to stretch my leg, and my my hamstring went. Nope, you're not doing that. So, find up on the floor screaming, guys. Try not to laugh too much.
0: I can't make any promises. Yes, I know. <laughs> There's too much comedy gold to be had from that. I'm afraid. That it, is true uh so yeah i mean yeah there's there's no there's no news this week um me and matt sat here for about half an hour talking about stranger things before we started we we spared you yeah what would you know be a hefty spoiler-filled tangent which is why we talked about it off the show but uh it was a very good finale uh so very good season on top of it it
1: might it's up there as one of my favorite seasons i think i'd
0: I'd still put three at first but i think four is my second favorite
1: yeah three three is very solid and three also gives Erica, you know, well, in two as well. Erica. yeah, but she wasn't like a, a fully for like, right? No, but I she need was. To go back and watch season two.
0: Her couple of scenes in season two though were so popular that they they upped her role. That's why they made her more yeah. of a thing in season three. Yeah. Uh,
1: but
0: they gave us Robin though as the, the yes, important thing. Yes,
1: Robin, Steve. Yeah, and season two to give us uh Steve as the babysitter. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, but yes, yes. Go, go watch that if you haven't. If you're listening to us right now. Uh, you know, God bless the the spoilers, because I've already seen people can't handle their stuff, which I was kind of glad when the first part of the season came out during a very busy weekend.
0: That no one could spoil the ending. Y-
1: yeah, like we had, we had Top Gun out. Double or nothing was going on. Everything in my, my nerd sphere. Uh, and now this was the only thing and people are already going out there and you know trying to talk around it. Let people, not everybody rushes out. I mean, these two episodes combined were like four and a half hours almost, right? Am I doing my math right?
0: Yeah, I did on an extra half. It's about four. Okay.
1: It's about four hours.
0: Episode eight was 90 minutes and episode yeah. uh, nine mm-hmm. was two and a half, right? Yeah.
1: Much. So, you know, not everybody has that to commit. So let, let's chill with the spoilers, everyone. Like, yeah. What?
0: I wasn't. What people gonna, enjoy things. I thought I was going to take a break for like an hour in between to like. Whatever, but as soon as I finished the episode, I'm, like, no, 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 I'm yep. just I'm just starting it. I'm I, I
1: took a break to make some coffee because I was up from three forty-five yesterday, um, and once that coffee was made, episode started.
0: Yeah. So, so no, I was,
1: let's just say there's certain parts in that final episode where, where coffee helps, and there's other parts where you're like, oh, why did I drink this? I'm not going to sleep. Okay, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: yeah uh, it was a good it was a good time uh but anyway we'll get into comics then shall we uh we will begin with detective comics 1061 which is written by muka tamaki and nadia shamis with art by ivan reese uh so this is the final issue uh of this run of this arc uh we're starting a new team next issue and this wraps up the storyline with what the riddler's up to and the, the various characters, you know, uh, Donovan's daughter, uh, Caroline, all that stuff, uh, comes to a head. And I'd say the issue, like, I enjoyed most of it uh, quite a bit. I, I think it's got some some fun moments. I like some of the kind of like the, the hard-hitting stuff towards the end with Deb. Kind of like my daughter's like made these choices and I have to kind of like live with that. And Batman tries to console her and, you know, it, it has a good feeling to it. Uh, I will say there's a little bit of confusion I have about some of the explanation in the middle that, like, I actually don't know after reading this, because it brings up the tower, right, Arkham Tower, Mm -hmm. and it brings up that all these victims or all the people who were doing these crimes over the course of this arc were in a support group with Chase Meridian, and there's a bit of narration from Batman that kind of makes it sound like he thinks Chase Meridian might be in some way responsible or a villain, but then it's never brought up again, and I actually don't know if Chase... If it was just happens like she brought them all together, but they they themselves went on to, you know, it was they they
1: were all part of this like of a group where they were trying to process guilt over something.
0: Yeah, it was a group right? therapy session that were going and, through, and
1: yeah. and it was through the that guilt is how Riddler was able to manipulate them into doing things, but then it also turned out that Caroline was almost above the guilt, whereas it was very confusing, um. I wasn't following her thread very well. It was c-
0: very convoluted, and it's and yeah. it's logic, and I, I think that you know was a bit of a disappointment. It kind of hurt what it was, and doing. and it doesn't
1: help that this feels truncated. This felt like they were putting in a bunch of exposition that, if it was doled out over, let's say, five issues instead of three, yeah. it might have been a little bit more clear. Um, so I wonder how much of that is the creative team coming in.
0: Yeah, you maybe know. they were given like you have to get this done by issue. You know. Yeah you know 1061 and that's just that's what you've got and
1: then something that i learned in film school and in writing classes where you don't introduce something new in the third act and now all of a sudden talia is is being introduced in and dealing with the riddler is she's also part of the scheme
0: which i wasn't following Well, well, well talia was was seen before this in the arc she was yeah yeah like batman traced something to her like two issues ago
1: Gosh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so what happens going to read too many comics? <laughs> no, no, um, Tal-
0: Talia did come up before okay. now, and then and the and art Okay, well then I take
1: back what I said. Uh, that's on me. Um, but yeah, I didn't remember Talia.
0: That's that said though, I do kind of admit it's like an extra layer that it doesn't really need. It just adds, yeah. a, a, you know, an extra. I think it's it's juggling a little bit too much, and it does feel quite convoluted yeah. when it's explaining stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, because because the, the, the Batman's narration when he's saying, "Oh, Chase Meridian is the key." uh you know the, the envelope like explained it to him and i'm like how how did the envelope explain it to you i yeah. don't understand <laughs> like, well, have to... everything
1: that we know about <laughs> her is that she was his eyes in the tower right
0: yeah chase like, was working for Bat. well not working directly for batman per right. se but she working was hired she was hired by bruce to right. to do a good job and there was never a hint in the tower that she was doing it she was anything other than a good character who was right. caught up in all this shit
1: also, one of the people in the group was the uh, the the doctor responsible for the tower. H- his older sister. That was just a, that was another layer that I was just like, what are we doing? Yeah, There's that... way too much exposition going on here.
0: Yeah, that felt like like why 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 have we added that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: doctor Ware, there there we go. Yeah, Doctor Ware, Doctor Ware's sister, and then yeah, uh, I mean I do love the idea of of Riddler masterminding this and keeping his hands clean, because technically he never does anything.
0: No, right, he no. just sends
1: out the riddles, and and then these people, you know, it's their guilt that that drives it. Um, and the, just the idea of Caroline being kind of a crooked judge, right? A- and that was her guilt because she wouldn't talk in the group about why she was in the group. Um, and, yeah, and it's she... like, you know, that's fine, but it ends up being she feels guilty for, you know, kind of letting things slide that maybe she shouldn't have in Gotham, and.
0: Yeah, she yeah. she talks about how when she eventually killed someone, it was actually like a relief because now instead of worrying that she's mm-hmm. responsible for death, she knows she is. So There's a comfort that she's just done it. Uh, yeah, like, the, honestly, yeah, like the more I'm thinking about it, the more the plot is this convoluted thing that really falls apart at the end. Uh, what I did like when it's like Batman has to go and save uh, uh, Chess Meridian and and hard because they're both on like, the scales of justice at the statue, mm-hmm. and I love that Cass shows up to help. Um, they kind of just gloss over that, you know, I mean, Cass clearly saves Chase, but yeah, uh, like, whenever never get, like, after all the stuff that came up before, I was really expecting, like, a scene where Batman or Maybe even just cast, like, ask Chase a couple of questions yeah. just to clear up, like, her involvement and, like, was she, like, knowingly involved in any of this, or was she, was it, you know, that's just how everyone else met, and then she became mm-hmm. a victim uh, by being there, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, that was a little bit weird.
1: The way that I read it, though, is, like, she put that group together because that was her job, right? As As a psychologist and someone that's running this Arkham Tower for rehabilitation. And so, maybe that's how she's responsible. Is like this, the whole scheme wouldn't have happened if she'd put all these people in the same room. But I don't think this is some masterminded, you know, chase as a. Yeah,
0: I don't agent think so either.
1: Or, yeah, like it's just, it, but it's like you said, convoluted. Yeah. Needlessly elaborate.
0: Yeah. Well, once it gets to the, just the saving people, the action scene's fun and well drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do like the scene between Batman and Deb. Uh, but, you know, everything to get is there as. Is- Pretty convoluted. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's sad to say, um, mm-hmm. but uh yeah, it's a very mixed bag of an ending. It does kind of feel like they had to squeeze in so much of their ideas into maybe like just two less issues than they need- than they actually needed. Uh, mm-hmm. if they'd be able to spread it out over more and kind of properly establish a lot of the things they were doing, but like you say, there's so much just to kind of explain very quickly. Uh, that it doesn't, and none of it feels like anything. The none of it feels organic, and way. was like, "Oh, that all makes sense." It, it all it does yeah. is raise more questions <laughs> that aren't really addressed.
1: Right, and that's where I kind of was waiting for the riddler to be like, "Yeah, isn't that the ultimate riddle, Batman?" You know, like, like that it was it was kind of it should have been less explained, right, instead of more explained.
0: But yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, it's a bit, a bit of a whimper, sadly. Uh, I do, I do wonder if, like, just being constrained into however many issues was the problem, but... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of this weird add-on to... to Maki's run, because it kind of feels like... Uh... It feels like you could easily probably just ignore this last arc and have the tower yeah. be the ending of the whole thing. Which is, for the long run, is probably for the better. Right. But, uh, so... Um... But there's a co-writer on this arc, which you know, obviously, kind of already slightly separates it, and maybe, may, I mean, maybe that's part of the issue here. Yeah. You know, that could be that. But yeah, so which is maybe why it's like, okay. Some of these IDs are pretty good, but maybe it's the execution, and that maybe is more on the script writer than it is the where the stories are coming from. But true. Uh yeah. Um, I never read the backup. The...
1: Yeah. So just this is the you know again, uh, Gotham Girl feels like it's chase that that set this all up for you know the death of her friend um and so huntress comes in and saves uh dr meridian from gotham girl and there's a a fight and you know i forget gotham girl's origin how she got powers but she's basically a kryptonian without the kryptonian weaknesses right she's shooting lasers from her eyes uh huntress is trying to evade her and then uh, Dr. Meridian ends up being able to kind of ground her using some, you know, like uh, therapy techniques. And um, Gotham Girl is, is blaming her for, for all of this, and come to find out that it, it was someone else that had access to Dr. Meridian's computer and that um, she was the one that, that wanted to basically pin everything on Gotham Girl because she can't be trusted because she's, you know, she's crazy and has um, superpowers and it kind of gets into the stigma of like, mental health and whatever, which is a really nice sentiment to go, it just it kind of gets messy and so when Gotham Girl finds out it was this other person that works at the uh, Arkham Tower, she flicks her ear off like, you know, with her super strength um, and they're like, well no, you can't do that, um So she goes up like almost to like punish herself. She goes up to the upper atmosphere where there's no air and then, you know, kind of falls back on and she compares it to, to being on medication for her, you know, for her mental stuff. Um, And that, you know, when, when you're up there and you're not thinking about anything, that's when you feel free, but there's always a come down. So she ends up back in, you know, uh, the ruins of Wayne Manor. Huntress shows up there and brings her some dinner and they just get talking about how, you know, Gotham girl is really powerful, but she's strong because she puts, you know, she puts herself out there. And that that's something that Huntress really can't do. Um, and that, you know, she's still here that no matter what everyone says about Gotham girl, Gotham girl still shows up. And it's this really nice sentiment that, you know, um, you know, that you still, you know, made, made everything right for your friend, even though you didn't have to. And then um, come to find out that Talia is kind of the one that that put this into going, like, the whole website and Dr. Meridian and all this other stuff. She kind of put that plan into play because she wants Gotham Girl to become her own personal Superman. So Talia is definitely up to some things in the pages of Detective Comics. Um, will Ram V pick up those threads? I have no idea,
0: but we'll we'll see. Um, maybe whatever Tamaki's doing next is going to mm-hmm. I mean, not that she wrote the backup. No, that yeah, that. this
1: is a sign of grace. Yeah. But I will
0: say the art by
1: Dave Lapham is is really good. There's this page at the end where you can you know it's it's got her, it's got Huntress and Gotham Girl talking, and it it goes from like closes up on Gotham Girl's fist and then Huntress's hand on top of it and then just it's kind of cut off but the story is told in the eyes where it's gotham girl like looking like oh finally someone understands me um and it's really nice and then lapham's talia looks great you know um very clean lines Puts her, you know the colors is working because it's all she's in one of her temples but she's in this like super green you know uh dress with designs on it and it really stands out but but yeah it was okay i, I feel like this might read better all together like this was almost like if they'd done an annual size something or like a
0: oh if you take them girl special if you take the see part backups and put them together yeah
1: yeah like you know it might have been just better as one full story instead of trying to seed this out but um it was kind of doing something similar with the, the meridian story which i thought was weird like you, you would think the editors would have had them change something, which again makes me believe that the main story was supposed to go a little bit longer, mm. right? But who, who knows at this point? Yeah. But yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. What we give the the book then. So the
1: the main story, I'm gonna give a six, and the backup, I'm gonna give a six point five. Uh, so we'll just say Detective Comics itself is a six.
0: Yeah uh yeah i'll give the main story probably a six as well it's a bit of a shame because i do think like the action once we get to the the, because the actual paneling and the sequencing of like uh you know both batgirl and batman like jumping down to grab the victims on the the statue i think that's like really well paced out and a really good action Mm -hmm. scene i mean it's obviously it's ivan reese on art so you know what he's doing um Mm -hmm. but uh sadly it's just too convoluted uh as an ending to the story to, to be that satisfying. But hey, there you go. That's Detective Comics. Action Comics 1044 Philip K. Johnson writing with <sighs> Ricardo Federici and Will Conrad on the art. So. Uh, wasn't expecting a tie in
1: to No Justice, I'll tell you that
0: much. I, I mean, it's using something from No Justice to explain something. I, I, I don't know if tie ins, maybe. Time's not the word. Yeah.
1: Not thinking that Philip Kenny Johnson's gonna go back that far.
0: Well and it does just say a few months ago when No Justice mm-hmm. was half right, and I'm like, wait, that's right. only a few months ago in continuity? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, time, you yeah. know. Yeah, for the record, uh, I can tell you that was early twenty eighteen mm-hmm. when it when it actually I actually came out. So uh, remember,
1: um but yeah. So we get to see where the orphan came from, which was, again, a little bit reminiscent of Superman, which I like that Philip Kennedy Johnson's doing. Is he's, he's given these, you know... I don't call him a villain because he's not, but these antagonists, almost similar origins to, to Clark. And just seeing why Clark is the way that he is. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, and it yeah, seems like the Genesis energy has been staring us at the face all the time that comes from the source um so that's pretty cool
0: yeah so the backstory of the orphan is that uh his parents were on a ship uh mm-hmm. investigating the source wall when all that was going on mm-hmm. but when it when it broke and like you know uh shattered yeah, um they you know they they everyone on the ship was basically killed and they realized they were about to die and it's this kind of heartbreaking scene because they kind of treat this uh like this robotic dog is kind of this part mm-hmm. of the family and they're, they're kind of nice to it. They call it darling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Mongol and his forces come and investigate this, it turns out this robot dog has effectively become self-aware and like incorporate, like as they put assimilated. it, assimilated the, the pregnant mother to save mm-hmm. the fetus when she was pregnant. And now has this baby in like a sort of incubation jar. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's kind of how the orphan still exists. It's a baby in a jar. Although it's Mm -hmm. smart and can speak now. uh, It's this thing. Because
1: of the source energy.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, and it it can teleport. In fact, the pyramid, uh, which is the the orphan cube, or not the orphan Mm -hmm. cube, the orphan box, I should say. (laughs)
1: Yeah, the orphan box, which, again, this new god stuff had kind of been staring us in the face from the beginning. So I liked it. He dropped this here that the the Genesis energy is kind of source based and that's why it is an orphan box instead of a mother box
0: yeah so, box. so that can teleport them and, but it's not very mm-hmm. accurate and mm-hmm. they want they want the help the orphan to try and uh, go and help uh, Enchantress and, and sort mm-hmm. of win this war and they're like well we need more Genesis energy you know that, that piece mm-hmm. that's on earth that, that you had like we we're going to kind of need that uh, so that actually kind of brings in so what's interesting and I did read the backup for this because the backup yeah. Is very much part of the main story. It's just it's just the characters on Earth get their own yep. story in the backup instead no, it, of being incorporated. It definitely
1: felt like the back section of the same story.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um so Yeah, so they, so they come up with this plan and uh we get a sweet scene where Clark interacts with two of the Thelosian children, uh where they're looking at some of the, the toys or puzzles that Clark is making, and he explains to them because at first they're kind of like, Oh, sorry, we weren't like, you know, try to steal anything. He's like, Oh, it's okay. And he explains that this was something that he made for John to try and give him like a piece of his heritage. Yeah. And that he's actually he was thinking about giving it to them anyway, and maybe tomorrow they can finish it together. And it's kind of this sweet moment. It's very uh, sweet.
1: And it's a it's a Kandorian puzzle cube. So I was thinking it's like almost like a Rubik's cube. Except once you solve it, it it does a new thing for you to solve. So it's like this perpetual, you know, Kryptonian toy. And I just yeah, I just love the fact that Clark's sharing his heritage.
0: Yeah. You know, uh I I just hope Kryptonian Pinhead's not gonna come out of it when you Yeah, it. right?
1: <laughs> there's always a risk,
0: I think. Uh but yeah, it's, it's a really sweet scene. It's one of those little human moments, which I think is important, especially in an issue like this where I would say I mean I enjoy the plot in War World Saga, but but yeah. let's be honest, what makes War World Saga special is the, the human moments with Clark. It's mm-hmm. this like what Superman means, it's the idea of Superman, it's the idea of his compassion, humanity, all that stuff. Uh so I think this scene in the middle of the issue, which kind is bookended with these heavy plot, like this explain the orphan, and that's explain mm-hmm. all that. And although the back half of the issue is awesome. Because the back half of the issue is them get after Enchantress and and I'm I'm skipping over a scene here, but we'll go back. Uh yeah. they they go after Enchantress, they get her out, and Mother, which and that, that Mother had a great backstory. You know, that was the monster that Mongol. Uh, made a deal with. Like Mongo was actually like, oh, I'm not going to like like try and defend myself from this horrible monster that takes over an entire planet. I'm yeah. I'm impressed by her. I'm going to make a deal with her. Mm-hmm. And uh you know that this is where Enchantress has been held. She's one of Mother's pets. And Mother transforms into actually see when she first transforms um mm-hmm. not in every panel because she's got a very different shape. But yeah. there's the one panel with Clark in the foreground holding the sword where she's very xenomorph looking with yeah. the way her mouth opens. Uh, it's like it's like Xenomorph meets Nemesis from Resident Evil with the the, the, the gums much, showing and yeah, the teeth.
1: I am absolutely not surprised that you would love this.
0: Oh yeah, this it's was
1: two, two very much two things. I, I do like that nest did remind me of aliens. Like
0: yeah, the, the way they're all kind of like in the like they're in the yeah not the vines but like the you know no, if, ma- imagine like, alien the way the humans are cocooned at the side of the yeah, walls there and you stuff. Yeah, they're
1: cocooned. It's like a web of cocoons and they're all yeah. kind of just in there and um. Enchantress is in her June persona and she kind of just feels, you know, hopeless and Clark has to give her a pep talk. Basically, like yeah, Junie we, we we need you. You know, I do like that that he appeals to June and not just to Enchantress.
0: I do know? wonder if there's an intentional play here on the idea of like so this this character's called Mother, and mm-hmm. she takes people and makes them her own and possesses them. I do mm-hmm. wonder if this is kind of a you know she's almost like the bastardized version of of taking in you know orphans, and obviously Clark's yeah. whole origin story is that you know he lands on earth as an orphan is, is, effectively, right. and the Kents take him in and they're this loving couple that raise him right and teach him right from wrong and compassion mm-hmm. and all that other stuff the idea that mother is the 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 most horrible like sadistic polar opposite version right. of what that is 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 this like uh, almost. I mean, it's funny we're compared because before she transforms into something very alien-esque, mm-hmm. she's very Cenobite looking, to be honest. Right. Uh, beforehand, so I think that's an interesting kind of like you know, intentional nightmare version of like the scenario of being adopted by something. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a corrupted version. It's almost yeah. like it even goes back to like, like Annie, right? The play where you have the the lady that runs the
0: the. The Adoption place, yeah, on a, on a more like cosmic level. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I well, quite say Lovecraftian, but a, co- a yeah. cosmic no, it horror, cosmic,
1: but it is. But it, it's she is like a, a hive queen, too, at the same time, yeah, you know. So, but yeah, know. just a very corrupted version of, of what a mother is, and not you know, it's not nurturing, it's not you know, it's the antithesis of what made Clark. Which,
0: funny enough, is actually why comparisons to the alien queen makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because in aliens, the whole point of the alien queen is that she is this awful representation of something that is just a mother, right? Mm -hmm. She's just this monstrous monstrosity. Whereas Ripley with Newt is, like, an actual loving mother, and there's, like, a real Mm -hmm. connection that forms there. So that's why it's Ripley versus Alien Queen at the end, because it's mother versus mother. You know? Right. So so the comparison is very apt, actually. (laughs) Yep. Um, So... Yeah, uh, so... Uh, the other thing is that Dar- uh, I almost said Dart Side again. So, that's a slip <laughs> I do almost every issue of this. Uh, Mongol <sighs> promised uh, Omak that they would bring back Light Ray uh, with their deranged Lazarus pit. There's obviously not a Lazarus pit. I'm just no, uh, but I'm keep- yeah,
1: using Genesis energy yeah. to bring her back, but she'll be one of the what do they call like the Unbound?
0: Well, yeah, um, they don't. Yeah, but yeah, we find that out here. Did they, 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 he did not explain that to no. Omak beforehand? I think that's key here. but need he to point yeah. that out because when she comes out of this thing, like, she is transformed into, like, this, you know, monstrosity version of of what she was before. Okay. This, this is not, like, late Ray came out and she's, like, acting like herself. This is no, you know, something but, so, else. Yeah,
1: Omak was told that, like, oh, yeah, if something happens, we can bring her back. But it was one of those things where, you know, it's a monkey's paw. And Mongol explains to like, yeah, but it's not gonna be, like, what you thought. It's gonna be, you know, she'll be, like, one of these unbound and you know, kind of like a zombie kind of version of herself. Uh, but it's not just that. It's the Mongol also destroyed Mother.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to get to that. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd describe this uh, Light Ray as zombie, per se. I'd say she looks monstrous and evil. I don't know if zombie's the right... Because she doesn't look when, dumb. She doesn't look... No, no, no. When I say
1: zombie, I mean someone like undead. Where they're, they're not 100% alive, but they're, you know... So I don't know what, you know, term that would be. Um, but she's not like a festering zombie. I
0: think she's just been transformed into something else, basically. You know, she's... Well, because she
1: was, she was basic... She was functionally dead, right?
0: Oh, yeah, no, but she's yeah. she's technically in there. But I, I think that, like... Yeah. I, I don't think... Um, like, maybe they'll... Like, this seems like the sort of thing where at some point they're going to try and appeal to her and maybe yeah. she'll so she'll come through and take control again or something. Uh, yeah. Before you know, maybe before she sacrifices herself because she can't live like this, you know, this mm-hmm. monstrosity that she's become. Uh, but now like you say, Mother shows up and is pissed at Mongol because uh, she because Mother was fighting Clark and Clark says uh-huh. like you're going to have to take this up with the 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 person that that, that brought uh-huh. you here. And sure enough, Mother goes after Mongol and Mongol says, you know what, you've outlived your usefulness and rips her or her head in two at the the jaw uh mm-hmm. so you get the tongue flapping around there's a lot of blood this is the sort of thing where if this was a human being that this was happening to this would not be like this would this would be have the the mature label yeah uh, the, for sure because it's a, an alien monster they get away with doing this level of uh gore but it is very gory this death uh so really good and i have to compliment the art there because like you really feel the tongue waggling about <laughs> yep and that panel like it looks really good
1: well, there's that and just the uncaring look of Mongol, right? Like he did not sweat this monster that takes over whole planets, right? He
0: he is right. uh Yeah, you get this idea that you know when he made this deal originally he was a bit weaker. Uh-huh. He wasn't at full strength yet. Yeah. Whereas now he truly has become the Mongol who mm-hmm. is and uh yeah. like you know, he's 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 doing well, shall we say. Uh so yeah, the end of the issue is light ray coming out as this new kind of like monstrosity version. I mean, she's still, I mean, when I say monstrosity, she's still sleek. She's still kind of this, mm-hmm. uh, she, she almost looked like a, like a villain you might get in like an Aquaman story. Yeah. So there's a sort of a fin, finniness to some part yeah. of where her hair would be. And uh, she's
1: going to need a different name. Um, He's so sinister. Just the, even when he says, fetch the blood priest, let, let this be one, let this be of one use, one last time. Damn. cadence on that, tripped me up. But even he's just like, yeah, no, take up the scraps. We're gonna do something.
0: Yeah, he's... and the the, the last yeah. interesting tease here as well is quite important because Mongol says um, the Superman will have no choice but to seek the the fire uh, of the Ulgrin, and mm-hmm. that's actually what they want. Like, basically, Superman unknowingly to him may actually be playing into whatever plan Mongol mm-hmm. has right now. They may be like bringing the 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 energy to uh, Warworld or whatever he's doing is actually what mongol wants and he's playing into his hand a little bit uh so you know the main story here before we go into the backup i I would say it's an interesting mix of fleshing out one of these Warworld characters in the case of the orphan giving you this great action sort of like horror sequence with the mother and mongol uh giving you that human scene with clark and the kids uh and then sort of teasing future stuff with with the light race stuff so it's a really interesting mix uh, mm-hmm. and, and they're all at least good. I think some segments are better than others. Uh, but like they're they're all of a at least a good standard. Uh, yeah. and sort of further the, the plot way, But th- this was War World Revolution Part Two, so this is Part Two of this segment of War World. Uh, so no cool stuff. Uh, so like I said, the backup is an impor- Is is just as important to the issue as it's, it's you know, it goes to uh lois and steel and supergirl now who's back from space uh on earth and uh the thalosian and the tank is like overloading needs more uh, the the source yeah. energy and uh well they're not, they don't know source energy yet but obviously right. we do it now <laughs> the genesis energy and you know like stuff's breaking around she's like basically just like sucking in energy from around her uh, the generators are going down she's sucking in power from the, the electrical grid and it's going to take all the power so it's like well you know what are we going to do like we need to figure out something out here Um, and like you know uh, Supergirl like grabs her at the last moment and flies her up to like, the sun to try and like you know to, like, take energy from the sun this is safer yep. this is not putting like earth in danger by doing that up here mm-hmm. yeah it uh, takes
1: her up to space lets her get closer to the sun to kind of try to purge this out of her.
0: Yeah. And then Natasha calls from our world. And we, we see in the main story, you know, it, basically someone says, we're going to need help from elsewhere. And so it actually sets up in the main story, this call and Natasha's, you know, calling her uncle and setting this stuff up. So, you know, it's, it's really straightforward. That That's kind of that, that main scene. And then the scene at the end is setting up some other things. Uh, so basically Amanda Waller goes to Belle Reeve and makes an offer to a villain, uh, the conduit, um, basically saying we need someone who has dealt with Superman before, and Superman-related problems, uh, so, I suspect that this is Waller being tasked to go after and get the Genesis fragment, uh, yep. via, you know, supervillains, and that's what she's doing here, uh, maybe there's more to it than that, but that's kind of what I took from this, mm-hmm. this final scene.
1: Yep, because they said, you know, um, to change everything, and then we get to him, um and yeah and they bring his suit out which I'm not that familiar with Conduit I know he uses like energy like he's almost kind of like Omega Red in that way Um where he uses like these whips or or lines that can drain out energy and it also seems green which tells me it's almost kryptonite
0: oh yeah I, like, when they were talking I had no idea who this was until they said his name uh, yeah. I, I would never have guessed like who this was. Because uh, they, they even said Mr. Braverman, and I'm like, I'm yeah, waiting more this? than that. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting more than that comic. And it does tell you, though. It let's says see. next, the return of Conduit, so fair enough. Yeah, let's
1: let's see. He's a classmate of Clark Kent. Uh, the page is taking forever. Yeah, he has um, kryptonite-based energy powers. Uh, he grew up Clark Kent's childhood. Uh, first appearance, Man of Steel Zero. Yeah, so maybe he has energy siphoning powers, and that's what they're gonna do. Or are we sure Waller's not working with 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 John? And maybe this is what they need. They need him to to you know take off some of the power out of Thala. Uh...
0: I hadn't thought of that. Uh, I suppose it's possible. But with when it comes to Amanda Warler, I assume she's doing something shady. Shady. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to jump onto that theory necessarily, but it's not yeah. impossible. Uh yeah. They also mentioned that like still La is like going through a rough time. Like she's sucking in this energy, but when they when they did expose her to the Genesis fragment, it actually made her seizures worse. So yeah. clearly, you know, she she needs help. She needs to be mm-hmm. fixed. Uh and probably the, the orphan and or other stuff at Warworld is going to end up being the help that she needs. But uh, it's interesting that it's starting to really sort of spur up the air stuff as well now in the the backups. Yeah. Um. Given that it says next to return of Conduit, I suspect that means we're going to get multiple of these parts in the backups. Uh, because it's still you know Johnson writing these, so they're still just as valid yep. as part of the the full run now as anything else. Um, it was uh, uh Lapham on the art, David Lapham on yep. the art in the backup here.
1: That's what I thought. So I thought I got the the art mixed up with the DC or the detective. And I was like, "Oh no, it was the same one."
0: Yeah, these yeah, both. He did, he did
1: both, so. But yeah. So no, he's basically good. done a
0: full comic's worth of uh, art. Then he's just done it between mm-hmm. two backups. That's, that's yeah. funny. Uh, so. Yeah.
1: But yeah. No, very, very good. Um, I like that. You know, uh, steel. There's that. There's that page with Steel and Supergirl trying to contain Thala um, and the energy because it's when they show her the, um. And they, they expose her to the gemset fragment and she starts going nuts. They have to kind of team up to to calm her down. I thought that was a pretty cool, pretty cool page.
0: Yeah, uh, the, the art in the backup is is decent enough. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's not exceptional, but it's solid enough. No, uh, the main art though, Federici's. just Federici. firing all cylinders.
1: Yeah, and putting the art like there's nothing wrong with Laphams art, but it's so different than Federici's, right? Which has this painting softness. Whereas Laplan has these hard lines and angles,
0: which, which I think is fine because yeah. it's meant to be on a different, you know, it's on Earth, mm-hmm. so it feels different enough, and it is a backup technically, so it, yeah. it's, it's okay to feel separate. Uh, Federici's yeah. art, though, like you know, from from the you know the facial expressions and the heartwarming scenes to just mm-hmm. the, the the cosmic horror of, the, of Mother and like all the monstrosity stuff, all of it is just so atmospheric and just has such a a vibe mm-hmm. to it. Like you feel the intimidation and, like, the menace and whatever Mongols planning whenever he's on, on panel talking about, you know, what they're doing. So, it, it's really, you know, the the backup has no chance mm-hmm. uh, of living up to it, really, unless you get like a real superstar artist to, like, do like, not the same thing as Federici, but do something so special in its own right that you, can, you, you, you can't even, like, it's like, okay, well, now you can debate which one's better, but as it is, it's just like, ah, the backup's perfectly solid, but it ain't living up to that main stories are, mm-hmm. uh. But yeah, um. Not not a really strong issue. I wouldn't say it's a standout issue of the, of this like saga, but it's definitely yeah. another. You know, it's, it's keeping it's maintaining that average level like very yes. well. Very much so. Yeah. So all yeah. right, what are you giving Action Comics one thousand forty four? Uh
1: uh, the main. Well, I guess it's a
0: whole thing, right? Eight point five. Uh, yeah, I would just go the whole thing because it's yeah, the backup basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh yeah, eight point five sounds right for me as well. Uh really good stuff. Um yeah, one of the best runs right now at DC. Uh mm-hmm. um perhaps only bettered by two other books, uh one of which is later this show. So uh <laughs> uh more on that later. Man,
1: you're really high on Force Z. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah very funny uh, so Robin issue 15 Joshua Williamson writing with the Roger Cruz on art uh, I guess the first thing I'll say is that the Talia stuff in detective does not feel like it links up with what Talia is doing in this book at all Nope. and I would nope. say that this book even though detective obviously higher in the totem pole I yep. would say that this feels more like what they're actually doing with Talia just because it feels like it's building to something Yep. Um. so I will say I actually almost had a problem with this issue in yeah. the middle because, well, okay. that doesn't make sense when I tell you, because I thought when they had Tally escape from, uh, you know, Chasey's custody in the DEO, I thought, um, oh, that's kind of like, like, she turned herself in at the end of Shadow War. This kind of deflates that ending. Like, why would she just okay. escape immediately? So when it turned out that she's actually still working for Chase and this is all part of a deal, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I okay, it's it. not a mistake. It doesn't, you know, it's not ruining the ending of Shadow War. This is just... How they're playing it to the public and batman and everyone else okay that's fine that's totally fine you know crisis averted it's okay uh, I,
1: I do love how batman and robin show up at the deo and she's like oh yeah she just you know she went nuts and i feel like batman's kind of like oh, this, this is not right but he's trying to be better for Damian. oh
0: yeah I, I assume he suspects that there's more yeah, to it than yeah yeah he's eye. trying
1: to be better for damien and damien's just like no mom's changed you know and so bruce is kind of like all right, for the kid, for the kid, I'm not going to pick
0: at this right now. Yeah. But, you know, uh, just no. So as I say at the start, that kind of sets up that Chase is, you know, using Damien and like saying, hey, mm-hmm. we could go after Damien because he's kind of wanted for a bunch of things. Yeah. And from there, we go to Damien fighting a bunch of clowns. I actually really like the joke of this, which is <laughs> there's a gang of clowns who hate like being a- assumed that they're associated with the Joker because the Joker's not actually a clown. We're actually proper clowns. So... That's what our that's what our thing is. We're, we're really close. Uh, so Jokers clowns.
1: running around in, in clown face. is what they're saying.
0: <laughs> uh, that's basically what they're saying. And then you know the rest of the Bat family come in when they get surrounded, and it's kind of like, oh no, he's with the rest of the family, and now yeah. they're a team. They're eating pizza. Uh, Cass saying she would have won the tournament if she was in it. You know? I I love that because we said that from the beginning. We did, yeah. Apart uh, yep. for that, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, but then they get the you know they get the call about uh, you know Oracle says, hey uh, Talia has escaped, and that leads us down the plot. Um, And we get how Talia supposedly uh, broke out. Um, But, you know, they they go looking for her. They find her quite easily because she wanted to be found. She wanted to say, Uh not even goodbye. She wanted to ask Damien to come with her. And then Bruce is like, no, he's going to stay with me. And then Damien breaks up their fight and says, look, I'm not going with anyone. I'm on my own path now. Just like you were, Father, once upon a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, Bruce, to his credit, says, like, all right, you know what? That's fine. You know how to reach me and the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. If you need us, uh, I will trust you. My son. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, because it starts at the beginning of, of the uh the first Damien story in Batman and Son where he chooses to go with Bruce. Yeah. Um, And so here, now that he's choosing to go his own way, Bruce is having to respect that. Like, Talia had to respect it, even though in the long scheme of things she didn't.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yes. And, uh, Damien, uh pulls a Batman on Batman and disappears. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> At the end of the scene, which you know was a, a yeah. funny little moment. Uh, but then you get the reveal that uh Talia is talking. You know, she she finds this green car. Obviously, it's yeah. colored suited to match her, uh, along yeah. with an outfit and a sword. And Chase starts talking to her over the comms, and they're basically doing like a Birds of Prey style thing where Talia is going to be a spy for for Chase. And she's maybe mm-hmm. a spy, and the the you know the, the general sort of Lazarus side of the the world, yep. uh, you know, amongst assassins, the shadows, all those things. She's going to be a spy for the DEO, mm-hmm. and this is all to keep uh, DEO away from Damien. They won't go after Damien as long yep. as she sort of works for them, which is actually a really interesting setup. And I do almost wonder if there's like a mini series bubbling, uh, following this because it could be an yeah. interesting little uh, arc. If not, maybe it'll pop up in another Williamson book. Uh, yes since, since he's doing They this.
1: are they are priming Talia to to be a a big deal. It's kind of how with them when they were doing stuff with Poison Ivy
0: mm.
1: throughout um uh not Joker War, Fear State. Throughout Fear State, they kept you know hinting at big things. This feels the same with Talia. Um there's definitely since since the end of Leviathan, it seems like she's not quite an anti-hero, right? But she is primed for big things, which is
0: cool. Yeah. Um, and then we go to Lazarus Island. And we'll be kind of, you know, rooting for Damien to take this group of characters that we had mm-hmm. through the tournament and turn them into, like, his new titans. And he goes there. Connor's there. Connor Hawk, that is. Yes. <laughs> just to be specific. Hawk. Uh, yeah. um, and a couple of the others are there. Uh, and they're talking about, okay, let's find the others. Uh, that uh, You know, I'm taking over this island. This is my island now. And this is going to be a haven for people like us. Uh, and the cliffhanger: of the issue is that Lord Deathman shows up and says that Flatline's out of control, she's trying to kill him, and that Damien and Corey's only hope. Uh, Lord Deathman, I still love that name. I'm just going to be honest. It's... yes. It's, it's perfect. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of setting up that there will be a status quo. Obviously, we know Williams is leaving the book and that the book is ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder if you know th- there is going to be something else uh, after this all...
1: Else? Is yeah, this, it feels that, like there's a lot of plates in the air right now.
0: Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of setup for something that could be a new book afterwards. Uh-huh. Uh, whether that's, you know, just, you know, Teen Titans well, something or whatever. We have to
1: look now that he is he's off of Batman. He's off of Robin. He seems to be off of Deathstroke. So.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, Dark Crisis. Doing, it, yeah, it has that, but the, you know, once right. that's done, what's he doing after right. that?
1: So it makes me wonder if he's putting all these, you know, in the air to come back to him. But yeah, uh, Lord Deathman showing up and saying Flatline's out of control,
0: uh, which because like that's a character I grew to love. I, I suspect, um, yeah, whatever plans are post Death or Death Crisis, Dark Crisis, mm-hmm. uh, I suspect like whatever some of his new books are will probably be solicited for the month after that finishes. That would be my yeah. guess, but. Uh, because I wonder, because if he's, you know, if, if he's doing anything to the timeline or the status quo of DC with the event, then I imagine, like, whatever he's got planned will start after that. But uh, I, I'm just kind of theorizing here more than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was another really enjoy show, Robin. You know, I, I kind of like that Damien has patched things up with Bruce. I like uh, kind of the, the welcoming vibe that it, that it has with him sort of in good terms with the family again. But he still has to go off and do his own thing. Uh, and we enjoyed the introduction of all these other team characters in the tournament. The it's actually kinda nice looking down that path now. So mm-hmm. it feels like uh you know, like and I'm gonna say it, Williamson's Robin is better than Williamson's Flash. I'm just gonna you, say
1: it. I'm not gonna argue. Um you could tell that he has a fondness for the character like he did for Wally. It just felt like he had to write Barry because that Wally stuff in in Flash was pretty good. Um but I do like when he, when Damian and Connor Hawk are there, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, it's funny as our dads had caves, but we have an island." I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and and those two now that they were such at opposite ends, and now that they're you know, teaming up for this whatever their next endeavor is, um,
0: I think it's pretty cool. Dealing with flatline, but the sounds of it, whatever yeah. that may include, whatever that so.
1: entails, yeah, so. Yeah, no, just his, his voice for all these characters are really good. I like, do like his Batman and his Talia. So uh, I just hope we get some payoff from all of this. And it doesn't have to be right away, of course. Yeah. But, you know, it could be down the line.
0: Uh, Roger Cruz's art is uh, solid enough. It's got you know, that slightly yeah. cartoony vibe that this book's had. Um, I It meshes if...
1: well with this book. I don't know how well it would be in like a Batman book. Yeah, Batman yeah. itself. But here, with like you said, it's this cartoony, almost over-the-top kind of style. It works out pretty well.
0: If it's with the tone that it's going for, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would say that. Uh, although, slight, slight, this is not really a critique per se. Mm-hmm. But on the uh, credits page, uh, the G in um, Roger, on the, on the, uh-huh. you know, for the artist, uh, it's so... The, the, little, the little bit that makes it a G is so small that it'll look like a C. So it'll look like it said, Roser. <laughs> Which is not a real complaint. It doesn't really matter, but (laughs) it just it just caught my eye, and I was like, "What does that say?" So yeah, I I thought I'd mention it. All right, Matt, we're giving Robin issue fifteen. I mean, that's an eight. Uh, Yeah, I hate to just give you the same number, but to be honest, (laughs) like it's you're right, isn't it? It's it's really solid. I thoroughly enjoyed this book this week.
1: It's yeah. it's what it needs to be in, especially after Shadow War, which I did enjoy. But it's nice to get back to the mm. elements of Robin. That and I and really the best parts
0: into. of Shadow War were the stuff that felt more Robin centric, to be honest. Right. So right. Um. Yeah. yeah but, well, maybe maybe not. I, I think that the start of it with uh like Razzie's like like wanting to turn himself in mm-hmm. the assassination that was all really good stuff. But as yeah. the rest of it went on, the best stuff was the Robin. Focus stuff The
1: dynamic, yeah
0: uh all right uh swamp thing or sorry the swamp thing issue mm-hmm. 14 ram v writing with mate perkins on the art and you know sometimes you you just like you have an all-timer on your hands and you're just you you realize it at some point during the the run and i'm just happy that i realized it was one of the best books i've ever read a few issues before the end, so I can really savor these last few issues. Yeah. And, like, appreciate them for what they are. Um, I'm so glad this got the extra six issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like,
1: If it would have ended at the 10, it still would have been great. But these last, what, three issues?
0: Uh, knowing what we get in these issues now, though, and the fact that I think they're even better than those first yep. 10, yep. like, in hindsight those first 10 are incomplete without the rest yeah. of it. We wouldn't have known that if we'd never got to read the rest right. of them, but right. but just what
1: ram b and mike perkins are building here it just feels like a new status quo um with swamp thing
0: it's just exploring so much i love all the ideas i love the big like Mm -hmm. almost cosmic style ideas they're playing with like so the the last issue was these you know plant life forms like show up Mm -hmm. in space and hal comes down to get get levi and um they he goes up I, I loved it because he's like shielding Levi in space with his ring that he's kind of got a green lantern outfit on.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's very <laughs> Kyle esque, too. Yeah. Um. But basically, he sends him in. You know, he uses whatever connection he has to the green left to turn into it's basically just a little bit of like a dandelion. The dandelion scene. Yeah. Kind of like uh, when,
1: you, when you make a wish and scatter him to the air is yeah. what he's
0: it's focused his energy to. It's just a little bit of that, and he goes into one of these plant like things. And it becomes this sort of debate. It's just dual narration as they're talking to okay. each other. Uh, I love that Levi's narration box becomes like the swamp thing color because uh, uh-huh. technically he's in plant form, even though he's not a right. swamp thing. Um, and he just starts talking and trying to convince, uh, like you know, because they're here to fight this war. You know, the Green has called in these reinforcements to help fight this war against, you know, the Parliament of Gears, Parliament of Gears, and whatever else you know that's come from Man's World. Mm-hmm um but even just like man itself like you know, humans mm-hmm. themselves are, are kind of like going to be exterminated because they are you know as is discussed here kind of a cancer to the planet um right. and while it's natural well they're not an alien thing that's one of levi's arguments is well this isn't an alien force that came in and like changed things this is something that grew naturally from the planet right. uh but then the, this you know alien being uh, zatar or Ziatar, uh right. says well yeah but so does cancer Like, cancer grows from mutations and what's already there and destroys and kills. And then Levi says, yes, but so does evolution. Like, that's mutation. Mm And so there's this really interesting philosophical debate about, you know, do humans have the right to continue to exist even though, like, they've kind of ruined things? Uh, But what's interesting, what's always been interesting about Swamp Thing uh, and the idea of the red, the green, and the raw is that they all kind of need each other. There just has to be balance. It's it's a balance what i really liked later on when it cuts to uh you know pale wonder or whatever we're calling him now and he's like you know building his has like core parliament of gears factory that's going to spread out and consume the desert and eventually the planet and turn it into a big robotic orb right when he's when he's talking all about that he does acknowledge that by the end of all that he does have to have the others to still exist he's like like uh you know the mechanical world the the, the industry it it needs needs commerce it needs commerce that's that's the important word though i think is important is that the part the the industry only functions if there's if it gets to serve something like if Mm -hmm. there gets to be like an exchange and like something's you know given back to it i mean it says its core goal is to you know self-perpetuate you know perpetuate Mm -hmm. which you know like all life i guess but Th- that 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 is so fascinating to me that it needs to take over. They're going to win this war, and he's he's going to take on like the you know like uh, Levi's brothers, the you know, the warrior, the green, building axes, and take it on mm-hmm. these weird mech monstrosities, which I love the design of by the yeah. way. Um, but at the end of the day, they still need the red and the green to exist because they need to actually exchange with someone. So even even industry needs the other forces to exist it's, in some capacity. It's the
1: commodity- Ugh, I always say this right. The commoditization. Of nature,
0: yeah. Right?
1: It only has worth because you need it, right? It it's not like so. When you go back to the beginning of the book, in Levi's origin, where he went to, um,
0: what was it? Kinda, India, uh, India. Huh?
1: In India, right? But the national park, which is like one of oh, the largest. Okay.
0: I'm never going to remember is, that, but yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> It starts with the K, but um, it's one of the world's largest national parks, right? And the argument with national parks are is we need these wild places to still exist right we still need nature but people still want to build on them because they don't know what there's resources there and stuff and so like through the parliament of gears and industrialization it's recognizing like yeah we need those trees because we need those trees to become wood and then that wood we can build more like you said it's a self-perpetuating thing where it only stuff only exists because it has value and when, when the value is not seen and it's deemed worthless is, you know... So, the fact that the green and the red and everything has value, but it's not, you know... The pale Pilgrim, you know, is not being fully, I would say, not not just honest, but... It's yeah, not I, the full picture.
0: It's not, you know, natural and it sort of relates to the real world, the idea that industry takes mm-hmm. control of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to go back to the Swamp Thing or Levi, like, you know, mm-hmm. debating with this life form, is that... It basically, you know, talks about how, like... Like, it, you know, there's, there's these images of, like, gravestones and the idea that people mm-hmm. go back into the earth and that helps grow more mm-hmm. green. You know, you see the flowers sprouting on the graves, you know, next to the gravestone. Mm-hmm. You see how the green is used in medicine and, like, a syringe with a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this idea that there is kind of this give and take and there, there is, like, giving back to the green in a natural sense that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the balance isn't there right now. That's why the green's not particularly thrilled with humanity. But... Right. Um, you know, so it's... so that uh, that alien being takes on a new name because the previous one doesn't suffice anymore, yeah. and now calls himself Endeavor. Uh, you know, we should we should call you Endeavor as was mm-hmm. what uh, Levi says to him. Um, and Levi puts a call through to Hal and says, "Look, I'm taking one of these alien beings down into the heart of everything to try and you know fix this. Uh, and it comes down like a shooting star." And who's like nearby, but Trinity? You know, this being that mm-hmm. was created from the nuclear stuff uh-huh. uh, is watching, and is still like, trying to find her place in all this. And like, where does she lie, and what her choices are going to be? Um, and that's when we get the the, the glorious panels of like uh, Levi's brother uh, Jacob fighting like this weird mech monstrosity with like a, mm-hmm. a core in the stomach. Uh, it's gorgeous stuff. It's this this other yep. world. This stuff. Mike goes.
1: Perkins is still working dot
0: notch Absolutely. And then the next page has, like, the fight happening, the silhouette, and mm-hmm. just, uh, like, every time Trinity showed up, she's looked really cool. With the glistening and the sparkling and the...
1: That's what I'm saying. There's, like, a translucence to her that's... but it's still opaque. So it's like the light is being refracted through her, and it just there's just a way... That, I don't know how Perkins is doing it or if it's the colorist, but it looks awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and... She talks about the angel above hovering over, referring to Hal coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, like, you know, so she's observing all this. And the big ending to the book is that Levi says he's not strong enough to, like, give this, you know, uh, endeavour, the, the the power to, to really, like, grow and sprout and fight this and, like, sort of change something. Um, what was it? I need more strength, but the green has none left to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Endeavour is speaking to its ships, filling their mind with doubt to, to make them, you know, you know, reconsider that the, the security fight the way they were right. going to. And basically, uh, you know, Jacob's taking all of the green strength to fight this fight. But you can see in that panel that Jacob's starting to struggle, that he's getting like beat up by the mech uh, yeah. thing. So Hal is like, so you need the will to like do this. Uh and so sure enough, um, you know, because actually, just to sort of play in the words, Hal says, "Can you stop this?" And he says, "I will." You know, that's so that word's really important. Mm-hmm. So Hal says the oath, uh, and basically channels all of his Green Lantern energy into uh, Levi. So we see him as full Swamp Thing again, but he's got a Green Lantern symbol on his chest because yeah. he's, he's well, been cool. he's being fueled almost entirely. He's still connected oh, well. to the Green through that one little connection that he's got. Right. but he's he's being fueled otherwise completely by Green Lantern energy, which is a cool visual. It's almost a shame the cover had to, like, spoil it, because because yeah. that's what it is on the cover. It's a really cool cover, but yeah. it does kind the of spoil fantastic. the ending.
1: But, yeah, no. And just the whole idea, too, of Will, and, like, the idea, like, everything... When people talk the, about the environment now, there's always just this pessimistic, it's too late, right? But with that attitude, of course it's too late. So I like to leave here by talking to these the, this alien plant that came to help out the earth right is you know there's that doubt that that no we, we can rise above this right and that with with the right willpower you know with it directed in, in the right direction that we, we can overcome this and yeah I just the the, the story within the story here. It's something Ram B has always been good at since we've been reading, mm-hmm. especially with Swamp Thing. So, just all that here, uh, and just the the idea of the Parliament of Gears watching as this happens,
0: you know. Um, yeah, just honestly, just the idea that this war's been fought between the green and mm-hmm. the gears, or sorry, the green and the industry because the industry, right. Parliament of Gears is to the Parliament of trees, whereas the green right. is to the industry. Uh, like this war f- taking place as Levi's trying to invent this alien plant life form to mm-hmm. to help rather than just, like, kill everything because, right. you know, to take the Earth back, effectively, uh, is really fascinating. Um, and it feels epic. It feels big. It feels cosmic. Mm-hmm. The, the way this is going on, and the idea that he's trying to convince and, like, use human compassion yeah. and logic to try and convince it, no, we can coexist with the green. Mm-hmm. We should coexist with the green. Um, and, yeah, the obvious environmental messaging that you can sort of, like, really? take from that, like, makes complete and total sense. Um, really? But then on top of all this, uh, you know, what we talked about uh, the last couple of issues with Trinity is this idea that Trinity hasn't really decided yet. Like, mm-hmm. she can be this, like, the most destructive force that's ever been known, or she can be this force for good in the sense that she mm-hmm. can be energy. She can, you know, nuclear power in, in many ways can be used right. for good things. But she's not decided yet she's so indifferent to like will i be a force for good or a force for bad so the idea that this, this moral debate's taking place with this green life form will this will trinity see this and be inspired will she be kind of the the real linchpin that stops this yeah. war you know in the following issue or the final issue There's like two left but right. i'm super excited the stakes feel like so high like i can't imagine now not getting these last six issues after that first yeah. ten. Because yeah. this feels like what the whole point is, is this last six issues. Right,
1: and I, I remember Ren V saying that too, is like, it's really going to come together with those last six issues. I mean, if it just stood alone, those first ten would have been fine, right? But it wouldn't be this, like, we would still really enjoy it and we'd recommend it. I don't know if it'd be up
0: there. It'd be really like greatest... good, but it wouldn't be this special. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh. and And it's funny though too, because like, Alan Moore worked both on Swamp Thing and Green Lantern around the same time. And I feel like Ram V's was like, you know what? I could work those in together. <laughs> you know? And just just the way that Trinity looks up, I think it's hilarious too, that the way that Trinity looks up at Hal and calls him an angel. When, when you know she was created at the Trinity Sands, you know, yeah. bombing range, where pilots like Hal you know, we're dropping these
0: bombs. I, I think the other thing, obviously there's the you know? the obvious color thing here where mm-hmm. the, obviously the the Green Lantern energy has nothing to do with the green as you know yeah. as, as Swamp Thing knows it, but it obviously it looks cool and it, it's still the right color when he, you yep. know, puts all his energy into him. But I do think there is kind of an interesting like comparison with Green Lantern in that the green light in the Green Lantern sense and, the, you know, the, the spectrum of mm-hmm. colors represents Will, which kind of represents like like what humans have and use to actually do good and mm-hmm. potentially do bad as well. But the yeah. idea that the green, like, so the, 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 the idea of using green lantern is like this comparison point is mm-hmm. that green. in that sense is also this force for good. It's a very different force for good, but mm-hmm. there is, a, is the, I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say here, but it's making I, sense I in what my you're head. I trying
1: to say is that, that with the fact that they're both green, right. On a, on a, on that, top level, right? On um, on that shallow level. It was like, yeah, Green Lantern and Swamp Thing, they're both green. But also the fact that with Will, we can alter things.
0: Right? I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that but try to prove to the green that humans can have good is the mm-hmm. idea that there's naturally a, a thing in them that then correlates to the color green. is kind of mm-hmm. symbolic to the green that, oh, there's good in human beings. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm uh, the, it's, it's the potential it's right? make, it's making sense in my head <laughs> I know
1: what you're trying to say but yeah and, and just this, it made me miss Green Lantern so much because this is the type of stuff that I loved with the character stuff like this and not so much the space cops or the big cosmic things but kind of these smaller stories where they pop in and you know
0: serves as a different smaller story, story. this is like some of the biggest scope what I right mean now. by smaller
1: story is this isn't Hal and the Blackest Night I love the Blackest Night and he, he even brings that up here, that in The Blackest Night, you know, he had have the will and all that. But, like, he's here to, to assist, you know, the, this type of thing. Um, but, yeah, one last thing, too, that, that, that double-page spread where you bring up how the humans can, to, can live with the green. Yeah. And it, it, it's done with a, a DNA strand that is green and red, just showing how intertwined. They all are. It's just a masterful piece of storytelling, right? And and you follow that double helix down, you know, as you're reading the page, and it just it really works out. It's a really cool layout. Uh, How to shout that out, Mike Perkins.
0: Yeah, obviously the art here is just phenomenal across the everything. Like there's so so many distinct pages in this book, and just Mm -hmm. the the color schemes, particularly when you get to like, okay, here's the. The, the parliament of my gears, like, they're, like, sort of base, and it's, like, you know this factory with the red sky above it. It's really ominous. Uh, and then you've got all the contrast with the green when they're at war with them. But then you've got the contrast with the purple uh, that sort of surrounds Trinity whenever she seems to show. I mean, she's green, but there's always purple around her and this kind of, like, right. star glitteriness to it. Um And, you know, and, like, just throughout the whole thing, there's just such atmosphere, everything feels even bigger than it is, because of kind of this ethereal quality to the ideas mm-hmm. in the art. Um, and the art is constantly backing that up. It's a, it's a perfect marriage. Uh, it's, it's You know, reading a bit like this, is you just kind of get this special feeling that you just don't get that often. And, right. uh, yeah. So I, I really can't do nothing but uh, praise, honestly. Um... Yeah, I mean, the, 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 like, honestly, the only the only critique I can say is that it wasn't as good as that issue that I gave a straight 10 to a couple of issues ago. <laughs> that's like, that's <laughs> yeah. the, that is like the most negative I can get, is that it's not quite just as the perfect oh my god, this blew my mind, but it was amazing and felt great the entire time. Everything just felt like... The word ethereal is definitely... And I think all my favourite Swamp Thing has kind of an ethereal or... Yeah. Uh, like, because, you know, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, whenever Swamp Thing starts narrating and he's talking about, like, the green and life and, and death and wanting to live or die and all that stuff, there's this kind of just quality to it that feels otherworldly in a way that feels... Um, I'm trying to use a word that's other than ethereal, but that's basically what I'm getting at. <laughs> uh, in a way that really clicks with me, and in a way that a lot of magicy stuff Doesn't even though you could argue that this is kind of like a fantasy thing, um, it it does feel different to me, but you know, that's splitting hairs, I suppose, at that point. Uh, but uh, no, wonderful stuff. Uh, all right, what are you giving Swamp Thing 14? Uh, I'm giving this one a nine. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with a 9.5. I'm going, I'm going as close as I can without (laughs) giving it the 10 because, uh, I, I, I gotta hold back a little bit, but um. I, I am super excited for these last two issues now. Super excited. Uh so
1: i yeah, also wanted to shout out the other Green Lantern that shows up with Hal. Is that that plant Green Lantern?
0: Yeah, the one with the uh, uh, the, 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 the what do we call it? Metaphil? The, bro- the broccoli head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a fun that was a fun uh appearance because he's also a plant based form,
0: you know. So that thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, she, she can call having to talk to the plant uh yeah things. <laughs> Maybe, maybe they did that. For, maybe that's why he's so close by, because they did that yeah. first, and then it didn't work. <laughs>
1: yeah. Levi was closer, you know. So,
0: Um, alright. Task Force Z, issue 9. Matthew Rosenberg writing with Eddie Barrows on the art. Uh, so, we're getting close to the end of this, right? Yeah. Uh... Out of 12, right? Or is it 10? No. It doesn't actually say in the cover, uh, out no. of anything anymore, but I'm sure it is actually still just a 12-issue miniseries, but... W- yeah. Uh, regardless, um... So last issue, Jason was fighting the, the Bat family. Um I did think it made him look a bit too good when he was fighting every single Robin uh, pretty mm-hmm. much at the same time and Cass. Uh but Steph's here at the start of this issue to give him a warning. And she's not, you know, she says that, you know, I'm not just here as a friend, I'm here to give you a warning. Uh, and sends him on like the path to where some stuff from the Powers Company might be going down. Uh but yeah, so this issue, you know, was kind of a bridging issue. There's a lot of setup in here. Uh, stuff mm-hmm. with uh, Bloom. Uh, Kirk comes back to being human, more or less, as he puts it.
1: The the fact that they're talking about Jane's Manfield, right, and that, mm. uh, and and she famously died in a car accident where it was said she was decapitated. Mm. So the fact that that's who they're talking about, knowing that we the last time we saw Kirk, Bloom was carrying his head around. Yes. You know, um, that's funny. Pretty, pretty pretty dark, but funny. Um, you know, Zaz as as one of the the task force Z guys, I think is funny too. Um we we see a young Derek Powers, which is which is big for Batman Beyond Continuity, because he's you know, he's the one that ends up being Terry's arch nemesis that first season. Um and you know, he's the one that yeah, facilitates uh... the Wayne
0: Powers. Yeah, it's Bloom that runs into him later on yep. when he's snipping around looking for files. Uh, and then, you know, Dr. Powers is pissed that he's been doing that, obviously. Um, and he says, you know, I've been waiting to find you. I want to fill your head Mm -hmm. with all sorts of wisdom that I've accumulated. (laughs) Um, what? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting ideas. Um, sure enough, when Task Force Z go to the the, the Snyder Ice Rink, uh, I noticed that. Now, I I I loved them using the names of the creators for Mm -hmm. things. But they did use Snyder for a college in Batman not too long ago. Yeah. So I feel like we've used Snyder too close together here. Uh, yeah,
1: although him having an ice rink instead of a, you know, college, I think, it is a little bit more. That could literally be
0: anything. Now but... well, he's got both.
1: No, no, I know. No, but with the ice rink, it, it doesn't seem like when they do, like, the, you know, Giordano way or o- o- O'Neill Boulevard or whatever, you know. The ice rink, I think is a smaller. I I can I can allow both in my head.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, could it could went with anyone else, you know. Just, could uh... it be the
1: cider ice rink at Snyder College, right? Uh, so, I mean, uh, we, we don't know. It's only that, but I'll give yeah. yeah,
0: I'll give it to you. Uh, but
1: but we get a conundrum here with with uh, what's her name Sundowner. Um, yeah, they're tra- trying to bring her in, which I I think was a cool showing what she can do. Right? Oh and yeah, because sh-
0: she's lying there, just kind of like asleep, mm-hmm. basically. And they try to bring her in, and she wakes up, and she goes like her, her powers kick in, and she she basically mm-hmm. goes into like a full demon mode. Uh, yeah. And it's probably the best couple of pages of the book, honestly. Uh, yeah. With her attacking, she's all got like, you know, red streaks, and she's like a big, big monster, big teeth, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, she's got kind of a, you know, she's got the long nails. She has kind of. What's the word I'm looking for? Not Banshee, but, like, you know, th- that, that yes. second page where you sort of see, like, the actual shape of her a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, it She gives off this, like, raging monster vibe. And the rule yep. is, is that she can't function in light. So, the, you know, it's a really simple rule to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try and shoot a flare. Uh, that's not enough light, though, because it goes away too quickly. Grundy grabs her, and uh, you know, he's got another flare. Like, well, the flare didn't work. You know, KGB says, like, the flare didn't work last time, yeah. and Red Red Hood's like, no, shoot Grundy with the flare. And so the plan is to set Grundy on fire so he's like a big candle and that's enough light to like knock her out again. (laughs) So Uh, funny. And then also
1: Grundy here, where he goes, Grundy burns, monster is woman, woman is dead again. For whatever reason, that made me laugh. Um, (laughs) I know I probably shouldn't have, Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just it was a really funny sort of dark idea. Like, oh we'll mm-hmm. just set Grundy on fire and that'll like, create enough light. Uh but the logic makes sense and mm-hmm. you know it's how they win the fight. You know, that that sequence is my favourite in this the issue by far, is mm-hmm. is them dealing with uh uh Sundowner. Yeah. Um so when they get out they, they get confronted by some police forces and uh Red to has to sort of do it over time to make sure no one kills anyone. Yeah. Uh, although it is worth mentioning Bane runs off during all this, he, he has like a moment where he starts freaking mm-hmm. out and just runs away, uh, meanwhile Two-Face uh, starts renting uh, the old warehouse that they, they fought the other, that Mr. Freeze at uh, mm-hmm. he's now, because that turns out Black Mask owns that warehouse and was renting it to Mr. Freeze yeah. and is now going to rent it to Two-Face as a new headquarters for Task Force Z so Red not very happy about this, uh, you know gets in Black Mask's face um, and then Zaz goes after Black Mask and basically uh, they get him to lower the price of the place because they threaten to kill him heavily uh, if not. Uh, that,
1: that scene made me laugh too with, with him like out out loud um, just because it, it, where he says I'd rather have him eat me um, than, than take the cheap price and he goes alright that works he goes no fine fine whatever you want that uh, that's the best use of, of Black Mask,
0: I feel. Mm. Yeah. Um. So, the end of the issue is that they realize, you know, the scientists, you know, twins or clones or whatever they are, uh, mm-hmm. they realize that uh, Sundowner has some Lazarus resin in her body still, and they can maybe, like, you know, take it out and, like, feed it to everyone else so they've got another couple of days of having the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh. So... The end of the issue is, is pretty much them doing this, uh, and fueling everyone else with Lazarus resin. Uh, and then the other cliffhanger is that, uh, Bane shows up at the lab where Bloom and Powers are, and Bloom somehow is up to something here, and mm-hmm. is, is apparently given Bane some venom, and has got him under his control now. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's there's some worries here. You know who knows what he's up to. Also, I've just realized this is that Kirk is eating in every scene he's in, pretty much uh-huh. this year.
1: He he pulls a, a Brad Pitt.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's got a sandwich in like every every mm-hmm. scene. But for some reason, uh, it's vaguely amusing. I'll say that. Yep. So.
1: Also, Bloom just Rosenberg's voice for Bloom kills me too, because he's just like this scheming fast talker, um. Right? Because he's talking about the, the restricted files, and he goes, oh, yeah, I've seen those before. Well, you shouldn't have. yeah, that's probably true. Uh, and then did you go down, he's talking about he wants to get a name tag to make it official <laughs> that he works for Bowers, and just that type of stuff. But like, I wonder what's up with the venom. Like, did he give him actual venom? Did he give him a more concentrated, do- like, And when? Or is this one to bloom seeds? Right? Did he implant him in in there? So... Yeah, I love how much of a wild card Bloom is
0: yeah. throughout this book. Yeah, he's still a little bit up in the air is actually what he's up to, but he's mm-hmm. obviously got a lot of plans, and he's been kind of scheming ever since like issue oh. two or three, so uh, fascinating to see. I was glad to see Eddie Barrows back in the art because he wasn't on last nope. issue. No. Uh read a fill-in artist. Yeah. So um, uh, he wasn't a terrible artist by any means, but it's just no, nice to have Barrows back. Going.
1: Yeah. Also, it just tells me too that like when they killed Manbat to set this up, and then Bane, it feels like by the end of this, I do feel like we'll get some of these villains back, right?
0: Yeah, Just I, seeing how, I, I how Bloom so. brought
1: Kirk back from just ahead, you know? So, I think that's pretty cool. I like when they can do stuff like that in a story.
0: Yeah, maybe he brings more of them back, because he's probably going to bring Bane back properly and maybe some of the others, and maybe they're all going to be somewhat loyal to him, because he brought them yeah. all back to life properly. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... Because it doesn't
1: seem that Kirk needs the resin
0: right? Uh, like like the other ones do. I, I mean, they could tell us otherwise next issue, but it doesn't seem like right. it yet, you know?
1: Yeah. So, uh, and then who knows with how the Venom's reacting, but yeah, Bane looks like a proper monster at the end here, you know? And also, is he hovering? Like, did they they bring him in via
0: helicopter? Um, what, what's he doing? It's a good question, let me have a look. Um there's, like, a... I don't know if that's, like, like a parachute behind him that's, like, been sort of, like, you know... That's,
1: like, the net that they try to capture him with with the yeah. task force. So, right before he ran off. So, him it, just kind of floating there is weird. It Maybe doesn't look like he's floating.
0: I wonder, I wonder if he's just dropping from that, though, rather than... From, right. Yeah. So, I
1: said, did they, did they bring him up by helicopter? And he just... He just
0: you know, came in, but... Uh, I mean, it says next time, guys, seriously, what's up with Bane? So I'm assuming we're going to get answers to what's yeah, going on with Bane. what is up trip. with Bane? That is a great question, Rosenberg. Yeah. Uh, very curious to see how they mm-hmm. wrap all that up. Um, Alright, what are you giving Task Force Z edition, uh, I mean, it was a 7.5. Yeah, i was going go straight to 7. It was good. You yeah, know, I, I had fun. Uh, you know, it's one of my lighter reads, but it, but it's yeah. out that week. So... There you go. Uh, DC vs. Vampires Killers Issue One. So this is a six-issue tie-in miniseries uh, to the the main DC vs. Vampires book. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg's the sole writer on this one. He's obviously he's co-writing, yeah, uh, or scripting the uh, the main book. Uh, and then Mike uh, Bowden is the artist on this. So uh, this primarily follows Harley, who's working with Catwoman, who's kind of a supporting character. And she's sort of taken on the the criminal underworld, uh, the human criminal underworld in mm-hmm. sort of vampire-occupied Gotham, and this is uh, why does this say one shot in the front?
1: Because this this is the vampire DC vampire killers, that's why. So it's a story that takes place in between, just like that last one with Robin.
0: No, but so this, this is... is not
1: an. This isn't an actual DC versus Vampires. What are you talking about?
0: You said it's a one shot. No, it's the start of a six issue mini. It is. Yeah, I'm sure. It I love this.
1: Was so when we got to the end, I thought there was just we were seeing more of Harley in, and in DC versus unless Vampires. The, and,
0: unless there's a second one shot, and then there's a like, and I'm mixing this up with the six. Maybe this is maybe the six issue mini still to start, but I'm positive this is a six issue mini. Let's
1: look. Yeah, because that's how... What the hell? Where'd that come from? I
0: thought a second. Uh, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm going to look this up. Um, I, I'll just say this, too. I did not like Rosenberg's voice for Harley in this.
0: I, I agree with that, actually. I yeah. had a hard time with this issue. Mostly yep. because uh, feel, so much of it is her talking. That like It's yeah, kind of an issue.
1: In that, that there's a fine line when it comes to Harley. And I feel like Tynan walks it. Taylor walks it. Um... Here it's it's just too far over, I think. Even for an alternate reality like this, um, it just didn't work for me, which sucks because I like the idea here, you know, of Harley trying to take everything over. But uh he is saving the world. Let's see.
0: Oh god, this isn't even endless. Come on, yeah. give me a proper solicit's yeah. thing. Oh here we go. This is the original Jirama one. Alright, yeah. Keller's no. issue one. Oh, this is a one-shot. Never mind. Okay, fair enough. I'm confusing mm-hmm. this with uh because there is a six issue mini coming. Yeah. Uh, right. must start next month. Um okay. but I'm going to go and just corroborate. But yeah, but... so
1: so here she ends up um
0: do you know what? She ends given, up running
1: across Mad Hatter.
0: Given that I didn't like this that much, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that, uh, that this who's, is... A... Who's
1: doing the six issues? at it Rosenberg again? Uh,
0: I thought it was from okay. memory, but let me just uh, go in. And... So while you do that, I'll
1: talk about the issue. So she... Her and Catwoman have a crew. They go in and uh, Mad Hatter's been running, you know, smuggling operations out of Gotham uh, in this new vampire... Led world um and so she basically shows she let she goes to let jarvis uh, know that you know she she runs gotham now um and there's a back and forth about this that they you know uh, he tells she tells him not to rhyme and she ends up rhyming and stuff um and she ends up killing mad hatter Which selena is like well you shouldn't have done that because that's going to bring too much attention to us you know the vampires kind of let us operate.
0: You well, know, yeah. That that was my other problem with this is that it felt like mm-hmm. Harley and Selena, but especially Harley. It felt like, and I know it's not technically current day continuity right. DC, but it felt like this was like just a straight up villainous Harley, as opposed to yeah. one. I mean, I know it kind of ends with Harley like maybe going to do the good thing with right. the the blood that Gordon gave her, but mm-hmm. uh, it it kind of felt like she she'd, she'd kind of I don't know uh, just. Uh, she's regressed. She's regret yeah, um, regressed back to just being a villain uh, at the start right. of this, and that was a little bit weird to take in. And just just for the record, I, I did find that uh, there is a six issue miniseries starting okay. uh, in July, and it is called DC vs Vampires: All Out War. Uh, that's I di- it. I didn't realize there was two one shots and then the six issue mini. I thought this was right. the start of the six issue mini. So that's gotcha. that's just me mixing things up.
1: But yeah, so she she has her crew. She's got Clayface and Grundy and Selena. They're living in what reminds me of the Ninja Turtles base from Secret of the Ooze*, Right? Looks like an old subway station. Um, she has mm-hmm. a manservant for some reason. Um,
0: yeah, I didn't get that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and
1: so Gordon shows up, uh, but the Evil Justice Society and Scarecrow are are on, on his tracks. Um, she gives him Luther's blood, or he gives her Luther's blood. Um, I guess Gordon gets killed.
0: Right? Yeah, uh, i off panel, off, but yeah. Off
1: screen? Or oh, off panel, as you said. Mr. Terrific's there. Um and Selena gets upset that Harley's doing this stuff. Oh, is
0: important to explain what wasn't special about Lexi's blood?
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> it's a very important detail in this scene. Well, it, it kills
1: it kills vampires. <laughs>
0: well yeah, well it, yeah, it kills vampires, so you know, it should be taken somewhere to possibly synthesize and uh yeah. duplicating and, and whatever. She get, it, else. she
1: get it out of Gotham.
0: Um right. Yeah. So so, you know, she goes back to uh, Arkham where her and Harley are or her sorry her and Selina are living and she may yep. have control of. And Selena is questioning, you know, what this Viola Blood is. Mm-hmm. Harley's saying, you know, she's thinking about it, kind of misses the world. Uh Vampire Mr Terrific and Doctor Midnight have seemingly killed Grundy and Clayface is just a little lump now at this point.
1: Which was the joke I hated the most in this? Oh well, uh, it's a joke
0: it leads to, yeah. But we'll get to, get yeah. to that. Uh, so Harley fights back, um, dusts Mister Terrific. She comes back to Slade and pulls out uh, what's left of Clayface, but it turns out that she's actually just picked up a a shit like a dog shit or something. Yeah, and it's it's this this joke was like. Stupid.
1: I, it landed with a thud. It yeah.
0: didn't. It didn't go. No. Um. Uh. This yeah. this this is the sort of Harley humor that I I do not want. I, uh. Nope. But uh, the reveal here is that Selena's already a vampire and yep. uh goes to attack Harley, and turns out Harley has already uh, injected Lexi's blood into her system. So after Selena bites her, uh, she starts to dust, and it basically just ends with Harley walking mm-hmm. away from Arkham. And it's the end, question mark? Yeah. Um, I'm sure Harley's going to pop up either in the miniseries or the main book and it'll be relevant that she has Lex like, Luthor's so mm-hmm. blood in her. So I'm sure it's... The plot point is important to know that that's happened. Uh, but I did not enjoy this issue. And I usually like Rosenberg's yeah. writing, so I was surprised that too. I, I didn't like this.
1: It, well, it's just that thing where I don't particularly enjoy Harley as much as everyone. And then it has to go... When you write Harley, it has to be... From A certain point, I, I enjoy
0: you. There's several interpretations of Harley that I enjoy, yeah. but there's also a lot that I don't. That yes, a, a lot of her ongoing comics tend to sort of yeah, fall this, into. This, was,
1: <laughs> this felt almost like Deadpool Harley, and that's not the one I enjoy. There's, there's a, a very fine line, um, and like again, like I give Titan all that credit writing her in Joker War, which I ended up liking her a whole lot. Um, but yeah, here it's just she's kind of all over the place. The poop joke, just uh, and then the stuff with her and Selena I thought really did work, and then of course Selena's a vampire. Um, so all that stuff I it really it built to the end pretty okay. But yeah, overall this was kinda like you said, it it'll it'll be important in the sense that, you know, Harley has the the Luther blood, you know?
0: Yeah. Um that's the important part. I th- I think yeah. I wasn't so fond of I mean, I wasn't really liking Selena's voice either, but at least once yeah. it turned out she was a vampire, it made sense why she was being more villainous. Yeah.
1: Well, I also like the fact that she's so used to playing the lines; it made a little bit more sense to me for Selena to tell Harley, like, "No, like, just keep your head down, and we'll get through this." Um, also, Mister Terrific is supposed to be the vampire king's consigliere, and you know Harley just dusts him. Which I felt like he should have had a bigger role, right? You could have dusted any of the other guys, I felt, you know, yeah. I don't know.
0: So, yeah, because what I'm kind of expecting from the miniseries is obviously Rosenberg, having, like, scripted the rest of the main book, knows which characters don't pop up that much in it. Yeah. So he's probably said, oh, hey, there's a whole batch of characters I like that aren't in the main story. I'm going to go do a mini with them in it uh right. I, I don't know who that's going to include uh i could go and check this list, i suppose but <laughs> i'll, I'll yeah, find no. out i'll find out later in the month but
1: yeah and we, we still you know they did talk about superman right and so we're still up in the air about if superman's been turned or not um mm. uh, which I mean, is nice ha- for, ha- for harley
0: certainly thinks he has because harley says or sorry selena says right. uh you know or the hard as harley says it harley says it to mattar that it's just a matter of time until superman comes down and kills everyone right uh yeah. um Yeah. And the R's, like, the R's not bad. It's it's definitely got a cartoony style. It's definitely sort of played it, more to Harley as a character than it is the book in general. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it doesn't feel like all Schmidt's art in the main book, by any means.
1: No, it won me over by the end, where at first I didn't like it. It was a little bit too cartoony. But by the end, with some of the layouts and the way the action flows, it has it some up nice, working pretty well.
0: It has some nice moments. My favorite moment in the whole book is probably when Harley's out of the sewer tunnels and like Solemn Grundy's like standing in the shadows, but then his head falls off. Yeah. I thought that was That's an effective little panel uh, sequence, which uh, the cartoonist kind of helped it make it feel like of almost like a Scooby-Doo-esque moment, which I kind of appreciated mm-hmm. that. But uh, by and large, there wasn't that much atmosphere, I would say. It kind of mm-hmm. doesn't fit the, you know, the... The vampires are in control world that we're supposed to be in. Yeah. Um. And the voice of Harley being kind of like off and annoying was a shame. So. Yep. Uh, what are you rating DC versus Vampires uh, Killers issue one?
1: I'm giving this a five point five.
0: Yeah. I. I'm just gonna go. A straight five, I think, on this. Uh. But. Uh. You know what. I thought there was going to be five more issues of it, and I might have to, like, quit. The fact that it's only a one-shot makes me quite happy. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, You're prepping to tap out. Uh, uh, and they're so... like, oh, no, I can
0: win this. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Hopefully the miniseries is better. And, you know, the other one-shot was pretty good, so I have no reason to yeah. think it won't be. So.
1: Yeah, this was just maybe the wrong story,
0: you know. Um, yeah. But who knows? Uh, All right. So Batman Catwoman issue 12, Tom King writing with Man on our... Uh, the final issue in this series, and boy... This is a book
1: I read? It, it, That's my review?
0: <laughs> like, obviously, you know, the future stuff in this, you know, mm-hmm. old Selena goes off on vacation, uh, leaves things in a not sort of happy terms with her daughter, but it does reveal that, uh, you know, what's her face? Andrea, Andrea yeah, Andrea, Phantasm. Yeah. Uh, she's actually still alive. She never, she never died in the present day story. That was mm-hmm. all a ruse they had together. And I was like, okay... I wish I remembered more clearly what all those details were, so that this this would have hit me. Like I do to I do remember that she was supposed to have died, but like, I could not yep. tell you much about the the context of how that happened.
1: I yeah, I just remember that the, they were standing in that family's room where like Christmas in the living room, and that she admitted that they you know mm. that her child was their child, and then Joker shot her. That's all I remembered. Um. So, yeah. So, I, I did like that because I, I like that they pulled a scheme. I also love the dynamic between Selena and Helena uh, here. Right? That's her name, right?
0: It's the uh, that woman. Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is that, uh, you know, she thinks that she wants the ring. And she's like, no, your father gave me that ring. You know, um, I, I left you with something else. Um, so, I just, I did love their dynamic. A whole lot. Well, oh, go on. What'd she leave her? Ah, <laughs> oh, I gotta remember. This is the first thing I read this week. It's the glasses. Uh, yeah, that's right. Which the glasses was... of the Joker. Yeah. That prove basically that that Selina was there when Joker died, and that you know Helena can be her father's daughter, and you know give these to Commissioner uh, Commissioner Grayson, and you know prove that, or you just let her go off into the sunset she's an old
0: woman and that pisses off helena right um yeah and she didn't want the ring either to be to, to for no. the record she because she thought it was the ring she was giving her in the box but she yep. was like i don't want that um and we see what the actual wedding was that's the last chunk of the issue is it's yeah. you know it's just the you know, cheesy wedding hotel uh selena says let's get the the bat package which is you know some dude dresses batman will officiate the wedding Mm-hmm. Um and it sort of calls back to the double date because like they need two witnesses and like I, he calls in Clark and Lois. I
1: love that the most because they show up in, I mean Lois shows up in the dress that she borrowed from Selena uh,
0: in, and in that double date. Would you notice that Clark's using the Smallville rules where he's in the colors? He's got a, a blue mm-hmm. suit, a red shirt, and a yellow tie. Uh, just right. you know, that's just the
1: uh... he wears his best for his friend's wedding.
0: Yeah, yes. yes.
1: Who else is there? Um. But yeah,
0: I love that they did a quickie wedding. Um Yeah. Uh I sadly I don't have a whole lot to say. You know, it ends with them, um, yeah. you know, the, the the kiss after they're married and that's the end of the issue. And it does feel a little bit like a... you know, it's it's if anything it's more of an epilogue issue to the rest of the book than it is kind yeah. of its own thing. And that is really weird when it's been delayed so much that it's been like three months since issue eleven.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um right. I will say though, you can tell Tom King was having fun. I felt like early in his run, he had the Batman restaurant, right? Yeah. They all went and ate at. I feel he's having the same amount of fun here with the dude dressed in the Adam West Batman costume officiating the wedding, um, and they're supposed to play another song.
0: Like um, I, I have no doubt that there's some layers here, and there's some things that he's poking at that he's mm-hmm. probably put a lot of thought into. But I think the delays between issues have made it impossible for me to actually remember anything to actually connect yeah. those dots. Yeah. I d- I am genuinely curious how this is going to read as just a twelve issue hardcover because that is well, probably going to be much better than the experience reading the single issues.
1: I think so. Up until you get to the really bad Liam Sharp And that it's gonna if you if you remember that I, I do. You got yeah. experimental <laughs> with it, Pardon. and yeah, but no, I just it, it felt like. Finally, Tom King was having fun again because this book this book got pretty dark at points, right? Talking about child murder and it, uh, Christmas yeah. and whatnot. So. That said,
0: though, I do want to say even if reading this as is twelve issues like in one run makes it better, I still think it's easily the weakest Tom King like Prestige. twelve issue book, yeah, that he's yeah. done, uh, or including Supergirl as well as, as an eight issue yeah. book. Yeah, um, no,
1: are you there? Like, this yeah. is nowhere near the level of Supergirl.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, and, and certainly know. not Mister Miracle or, or Rorschach or Human Target or yeah. uh, Strange Adventures. Like, man, th- this dude's been pumping out classics yeah. after classics. This classic.
1: does feel though like this was supposed to how ha- was how his arc was supposed to finish. Yeah, I'm like sure, sure there's a few. The I'm sure there's a few things around. that
0: have changed. If, mm-hmm. if, if you know, if it had been in just the regular Batman book, I'm sure there's a few things that would have been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's, I mean, this scene at the end where they get to actually finally marry—I've yeah. got a funny feeling that that either wouldn't be there, or it'd be like a dream sequence, or yeah. maybe a scene like a possible oh. future or something like that.
1: That—that's what I'm thinking of. The possible future because we did get that where it was in one of the annuals where we had the Michael Lark story.
0: Yeah, yeah. Last was, days. Which is yeah, his death and like all that stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: and how the family comes around him. So I—I I feel like this would have been one of those types. And it maybe wouldn't have been 12 issues, right? But it would have ended a certain way. But no, but again, I felt like he was having fun here towards the end, which is good, because that fun does come through in, like, Human Target, where that's a very fun book to read. Yeah. Um, Despite the, the you know, the serious subject matter of it all. But, so, you know, what?
0: it says something, though, that Human Target is so well written and told that i i am not worried about jumping back into issue 7 after you know four or nope. five months since issue 6 like every single issue has been so yeah. distinct every issue had its own sort of like arc and what, what the characters mm-hmm. going through and realizing it, you know and it's inventive at points sometimes it's just raw like comic art where yeah. the, the, the the faces <laughs> are telling a story and they're reacting to things it's yeah. exceptional and this, it, by comparison, is a bit of a mess.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it helps that like he gets the best artist to work on these, and we're... Not that there's anything wrong with Clayman, like, Clayman's serviceable, but it does seem like Heroes in Crisis, which we don't talk about, was Clayman. This was mostly Clayman, it's just it's kind of funny how that how
0: that broke out. I don't. Um, I don't necessarily think it's Clayman's fault per se, because it just no. it, it just happens to be the ones that he's worked yeah. on, or the ones that have been by far the most disjointed yeah. in how they've been told. Yeah. So it almost feels like as it's jumping around things. Like it could practically just be like pinups that are right. somehow strung together to make a story. At times, not not on yeah. every page, but a lot of no. them do feel that way.
1: But yeah, just I think that that's funny. But yeah, no, he's Tom King is spoiled for for great artists and stuff like that. So so. Um,
0: yeah, I'm just glad it's over at this point to be
1: honest. Yeah, dude, me, t- me too. And and I am enjoying Killing Time, which is his other bat project. Yeah, right. And yeah. he has Marquez doing that. So like again, he's spoiled for great artists.
0: Yeah. Um, Although that said, I well, I'm enjoying Killing Time. There's a lot of things I like in it. I would still rate that lower than all the other minis that he's done yeah. in the last you know five I, years. I would
1: put it over this though.
0: Uh, oh yeah, no, I would I would easily put it over this too. But you know, I wouldn't put say it's as good as Supergirl. No. Uh, or any of the others that we talked about, we, so
1: we, we should just rank them one day when Connor gets back. Oh, wait, Connor hasn't read them, so we usually
0: do it now. <laughs> oh, it's so hard because I like, I probably would put Supergirl under the other big big three, mm-hmm. the, the big three being Strange Adventures, Mr. Miracle, and Rorschach. Yeah, and that's not to say that Supergirl is not great because it is, yeah, but those three are like oofed, like, yeah, three of the best They're, things we've read in the last
1: for, for me. Strange Adventures and Mr. Miracle are both—they're real close. Rorschach still is my favorite that he's done. Human Target might unseat it depending how it yeah. goes in the back half.
0: Yeah, it's too. Yeah, we can't call Human Target yet because it's only halfway no. through. No,
1: but I—I I would so it would be like one and the two, three, and then right there maybe a, a smaller level was that Super Girl. That Supergirl Girl book really by the end really moved me so. Yeah. And that that's the thing that I feel that's missing with some of his bat work is that it's missing some of that stuff that, you know, it, it doesn't have that emotional connection for me. And I thought that's just because, you know, I get annoyed by Batman easily, but it doesn't seem to be working with you either. So,
0: um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's just the big swings. Missing. I, I think that part of the problem is, is that this format that he's telling this story and he's kind of adhering to the format that he was doing a lot of the latter half of his Batman run. And, you know, that's when we didn't like the book that much. That's when I thought yeah. the book went downhill. So inherently, this just had a kind of a, uh, uh, you know, an anchor around it that it just maybe was never going to completely overcome, sadly. Yeah. Uh, and I get why as a writer, though, he wanted to keep it consistent because it is kind of the end of his run. It's kind of like yeah. he's he's finishing off all those things he was doing, it's just that sadly I don't really like how he told a lot of, you know, the last like thirty or so issues of his Batman run. Like I don't really really like how he did those. So mm-hmm. uh Hey ho, uh, it is what it is. Uh it's finally over though. So uh what are you giving Batman Catwoman issue twelve? Um, um maybe
1: this is six point five.
0: Yeah. Uh I think I'll just go with a six. Uh you so, sadly, you know, like and I thought I thought this book this did start off all right when they were doing the phantasm stuff and it was a bit more conventional in how it was told before it got too complex uh but and maybe it was just the delays made it worse i don't know but uh there was definitely some stuff uh, towards the end that wasn't working as well yeah. so all right there you go that's the books that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week for it panel slash moment favorite cover uh, favorite art and of course top five books so uh panel slash moment what you got
1: Hooey, there's a lot in action that I liked. Um, Like Superman dealing with those kids and teaching them the Kryptonian, you know, uh, history, not history. um, That's what I'm looking for. Anyways, uh, with the puzzle stuff, I like that. But Hal doing the Green Lantern oath and a a Swamp Thing coming out afterwards, hard to beat that. So so that's going to be mine.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I struggle. Uh, I think I'm actually going to go with action comics, but I'm going to go with uh, uh, The Death of Mother. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with that just for the, the horror of it. Um, uh, even though there is a few great things in Swamp Thing that I could easily be picking for this, mm-hmm. uh, but that's uh, that's my choice. Uh, look at the covers. I actually, you know, I had a bit of a yeah. look earlier and there's a lot to pick from there's a behermo detective variant which is you know solid it's, you know what to expect from mm-hmm. behermo um main cover for action is pretty good uh there's also a uh was it uh ian churchill cover for uh action which action. is really nice it looks it's pretty uh, good yeah it's basically you know it's kind of like a sequence of uh clark opening the shirt and flying off uh but mm-hmm. it's it's kind of nicely framed in how it's it's told um there's a variant for Batman Catwoman by Travis uh, Charest, which looks quite nice. It's got kind of a, a sort of dreamlike mm-hmm. quality to it, I quite like. Um, but, uh, the two that I really wanted to point out, is a variant for Task Force Zed by James Harrin, which is Swamp Thing kind of in a field with like a spooky house behind him. And it's got kind of like an Archie Comics horror vibe to it, the way it's got the shading. Swamp Thing or Grundy? Sorry, Grundy, that's Swamp thing. There you go. Grundy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and it's got, it's got this yeah. kind of like pulpy horror comic look yeah, to it. it I, that
1: I didn't see that till just now. Yeah. That's
0: that's a good vibe. It's really nice. Uh, that all said, though, as much as it spoils the ending, the main Swamp Thing cover <laughs> is the one I'm picking. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> it's phenomenal. But yeah, I had like seven covers I wanted to shout out there because there yeah. were so many good ones. So it's a good week for covers. Mm-hmm. What you got? So I do like the
1: Robin main cover with the death to the family. And it's got... You know, there's a there's a knife in the family picture of Bruce and Talia and Damien. And it looks like they're fighting with their shadows. It's a lot of fun. But um, I was going to do a Swamp Thing and, and to prevent it from, you know, winning everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that Task Force Z uh, variant because that is that is a real cool. It's got Halloween vibes for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? It feels like it could be like, uh, I'm not saying I loose like that tem sale. Necessarily, but it feels like a Tim C.L.S. like long Halloween cover or something.
1: Like the, yeah, because like the the dimensions are just off enough, but it still works. It's abstract. Yeah. He has big old mitts, looks definitely monstrous. So yeah,
0: Yeah. that's a good one. Good stuff. What is your art of the week?
1: Uh, It's Mike Perkins for Swamp Thing. I do want to give it to Federici, but that's Swamp Thing art. So good.
0: Yeah, I got to go Swamp Thing too. There's just no question for me. Uh, It's Perkins on Swamp Thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then top five books. Take it away. All right, number one, Swamp Thing. Two is Action
1: Comics. Three is Robin. Uh, Four is Task Force Z. And five is Tech.
0: Yeah, uh, I've got a feeling this is going to be very similar. Number Mm -hmm. one is Swamp Thing. Number two is Action. Number three is Robin. (laughs) Number four is... Task Force Z, <laughs> and number five go. is, well, let's see, it's either Detective, DC vs. Vampires. I mean, I know
1: how much you love DC vs. Vampires, Killers.
0: Or Batman Catwoman. I think I gave the highest score out of those. To Tech? Mm-hmm. But that's the exact same as yours, isn't it? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> okay. uh, clearly though out of the seven books i read uh there's a bit of a gap between four and five and you know the yep. others so uh but hey uh that's how it was. it's not a bad week though i i had uh an issue of swamp thing in action i had i I'm, I'm more than happy with with those two headline in my week uh but i'll tell you what's coming next week from dc comics so coming up uh, we have Batman 125, and this is the first issue of the new run with case, so that is really exciting. Yep. Um, we also have Dark Crisis issue 2, so that's also huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big event continues. Joker 15's out. Uh, DC versus Vampires issue 7. Flashpoint Beyond issue 3, so we'll see how that uh, goes. Uh, yeah. We got Batman Killing Time issue 5, so that's the penultimate issue of that. We got Batman '89 Issue Six, Poison Ivy Issue Two, so Matt's definitely going to be looking at that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Batman Beyond the New Year Issue Four, Monkey Prince Issue Six, Suicide Squad Blaze Issue Three, Multiversity '18 Justice Issue Two, Nubia Queen of the Amazons Issue Two, and we also have Black Adam, and the Justice Society fails, Hawkman Issue One. So we know those one shots are coming out in the run up to the the movie. Movie. Uh, so uh, that sounds like a lot, but there's a lot. I kind of. Kinda, I don't want to say weird, but there's a lot of minis that uh, we aren't all necessarily reading the, that, are, that are coming out next week. Uh, yep. But super excited about the new Batman run and Dark Crisis. Uh, yep. So, cool stuff. Um, but that is what's coming next week. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month, so thank you very much. To, uh, let me scroll, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David bored now. Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Tradesman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Uh, they are all patrons at the Pat- Patreon producer tier. Uh, but you can support us over there for as little as $1 per month on patreon.com slash and help keep all the content, including this podcast coming. Uh, $5 gets early access to the show. You'll get it on Saturday night whenever it's ready uh, versus the regular time on Sunday. Uh, so if you're interested, go over and have a look Um, but therefore, of course there's benefits for all the other stuff that we uh, we make separate from the comics podcast. Uh you get bonus episodes of the movie podcast, streams after midnight in the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Go over to MailFuzz Movies on YouTube if you want to check them out. Or search for them on your podcast feeds. Uh and obviously there's MailFuzz T V as well with all the T V reviews and stuff uh on YouTube too. So uh, go and have a look at all those things. Uh but otherwise that is that is the show. That is us. Oh, guys on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. That was N- n- yes. that. So that too. Uh, but that is the, the show Um, and you know what Matt this is the third week in a row we have very consistently come in at just about two hours just around the two hour mark I like it it's never going to last we're inevitably going to get I, one. I of know
1: these. but I like it I mean I've been going and playing football in the morning I get to nap in the afternoon Yeah. I, I like it
0: Let's just wait until solicits week I'm sure that'll
1: well that's what happened that's why we're you know the <laughs> last time we went almost three hours because of solicits because I'm the mean, same, tell my wife, "Oh yeah, it won't take that that long." Boom, solicits dropped.
0: Oh so. yeah, you didn't know when you sat down to record. Nope. It was a shock to the system. Yeah. It was. Uh, but hey, that is us. That, that is episode two. Sorry, three twelve. <laughs> I had to think about that there. Uh, so yes, thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC comics, and always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.